Hello, my name is Austin. And this is Travis. And we are Trash Talk Podcast. We're a spinoff show off the Beer and Pretzel Podcast. And we talk movies, comic books, TV shows, and games. All while having a drink. We're both sharing a blue Hawaiian cocktail today, created by me. And we're going to be talking about... What are we talking about today, Travis? I believe it was The Boys. Uh, the and Obi-Wan Kenobi. Obi-Wan Kenobi. And what was the other boys-related The show? Boys Diabolical. Diabolical, that's yep. what it was. So... These shows came out probably around two months or so. Uh, we're a little bit behind the eight ball, but I just finished those today. Uh, the Boys Season 3, The Boys Diabolical, and Obi-Wan Kenobi on Disney+. Plus. So we're going to be talking about those today. We're going to be doing a quick review for both shows, talking briefly about The Boys Diabolical, which is a spinoff show off The Boys, uh, which is like an animated like one-shot anthology show. And we're also at the end of the episode, if we have time, we're going to be talking about uh, Marvel's Phase 4 and Phase 5 announcements that was announced at Comic-Con like a week or so ago. So we're going to be talking about those and you know, discussing if we thought they were interested or not, if we have time. Also, I do have a game of the week I want to talk about today, so we will begin to that. And at the end of the episode, for those who stay tuned to the end of the episode, we will be talking about... Uh, at the movies with Trash Talk Podcast, where we review things outside the podcast. We recommend things. Yeah, words. I already drank one of these Hawaiian things. I'm a little bit tipsy. Uh, also, you're at promising a lot of stuff that we might never, ever get to. So Yeah, let's just jump into the episode right then. But yeah, if end of the episode, we're going to try to review things that we aren't talking about during this recommend. episode. What did I say? Review. Oh, Again, whatever. for the fifth time. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's just get into it, Travis. So our first... Uh, thing we do in this show also this is episode 99 the next trash talk podcast episode i don't know when it's gonna happen it's probably gonna take two or three weeks at least i'm going on vacation soon uh but it's be episode 100 soon travis so we got to come up with something very special for that oh yeah we'll have to see what's coming out or just figure out something to do special just in general I wish we can get like everyone on the show and like, do a very <laughs> special drunk fest of a trash talk podcast episode. That'd be kind of nice. That'd be a lot of work, but it'd be fun. Yeah. So this is episode ninety nine, episode one hundred will be out in a couple of weeks. Hopefully, people stay tuned for that. Otherwise, keep checking out uh, the Beer and Pretzel podcast. I've been posting some RPG related podcasts uh, reviews and also actual plays recently. So with that said, let's go into at the movies, not at the movies. That's a different segment of the show. We do real, real news, news and fake news. news. Four pieces of news. Travis, you have to guess which one is fake out of four pieces of ridiculous news, but one of which is fake. Are you ready to go? I am ready. Okay. Number one, Travis. So what did you think about? I believe you saw it. Maybe I was wrong about, I think it was 2019's uh, Disney's live action Aladdin. Did you watch it or no? You guys showed it to me, but I was rather inebriated. Yeah. Yeah, that's a word. Uh, when I watched it. So I only remember bits and pieces of it, mainly all the songs. Yeah, <laughs> that's that's all I remember. So it made a good amount of money. Actually, I think it came close, if not hit a billion dollars. So Disney was like, you know, fuck it. We're going to do another one. We didn't think it was going to make this much money, but we're going to make another one. So they did, what, two or three of the original Aladdins? They did, yeah. Are they going to be following the original Aladdins, or are they just going off and doing their own thing? Going off and doing their own thing, but there's nothing announced for that yet. But the announcement I'm talking about has nothing to do with story in terms of character. So, Oh, Will Smith's genie? Yeah, yeah, Will Smith's genie. Uh, People were very skeptical at first after the movie came out. Some people were like, yeah, 
he's not Robin Williams. Some people are like, yeah, I like this fresh take on the genie character. Well, Will Smith, regardless if you like him, Travis, or not, is out. They say creative differences probably had to do with the fucking slap thing they did on Chris Rock months ago at the Oscars. Uh, bad publicity and whatnot. But uh, the rumor says that Will Smith will be losing his role in Aladdin to Dwayne The Rock Johnson as a genie. Thoughts? Both are charismatic entertainers. True. Uh, to some extent, that almost, like... I almost think uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson would have been a good choice from the beginning. Like, just because, like... So the genie was always portrayed as, like, this big muscle-bound, like, bald with yeah. guy with a goatee. Which, albeit, I don't think The Rock has ever had a goatee, but maybe yes. But He like, said those fake goatees in The Fast and Furious. Oh, that... Hey, were they Hops. fake? Yeah, he's always had that goatee. But were they fake? Yeah. Or did he actually... Or, I'm pretty sure they're fake, yeah. Okay. Yeah, I thought they looked... He's doing a million projects a year. He's only so much time to grow stuff out. Fair enough. And yeah. most of the time he's got a shaved face. All right. Doesn't matter. But I think he would have been like a good choice because he his physique matches the genie more. It definitely does. Although you can argue that Will Smith having a musical background helps him much more. That is true. The Rock not... Well, The yeah. Rock has a musical background now. Moana. Well, Moana, and he's also done rap. Oh, that's true. Uh, uh, what What is that song? It's about drive, it's about hunger, it's about... Oh, fuck, I'm drunk. I'm sorry, I can't rap it. It's about hunger, we survive... We oh, devour. We devour, yeah, something like that. It's pretty decent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so he's, he's got a musical background now. That's true, yeah. So as long as he keeps doing raps like that... And Moana. And Moana, yeah, that's true. Um, It'll be good. Oh, that's fair. So it sounds like a fairly pretty decent... Yeah, you're down. Um, I'm, So I'm kind of disappointed because like it's that mm. whole thing... I didn't have much invested in the Will Smith uh, genie beforehand just because I loved Robin Williams. Of course. After seeing the movie, I was like, all right, he's not Robin Williams, but I'll take it. Like, this genie's not bad. He's doing his own thing. He's not ripping off Robin Williams. No, he's not trying to. He's just, he's basically being French Prince of Bel-Air. Yeah. But in genie form. In blue. And I enjoyed that. Yeah. Um, But now that they're just changing out of the blue, it's going to be like, okay, one movie we get Will Smith, the next movie we get another genie, and then probably the movie after that we get another genie. Yeah, exactly. It's just going to be weird. Yeah. And so Maybe by the third one, Chris Rock will beat a genie. (laughs) (laughs) That would be pretty good. All right, number two, Travis, of Real News and Fake News. So the actor Aaron Taylor Johnson, who will be playing Craven the Hunter in uh, Sony's live-action Craven the Hunter movie, because they're doing all these like villain movies oh, for yeah. Spider-Man. Yep. Uh, so Craven the Hunter, if you don't know, or if audiences know, he's a Spider-Man villain. Basically, his whole bit is that he's like he really loves hunting. He kills like the biggest animals in the jungle. If then he goes, what's more deadly than like a fucking tiger? Oh, Spider-Man, so that- Spider. He's going to go hunt Spider-Man. Oh, so basically he's all like about like, in general, he's okay. like, he's like slightly enhanced in terms of strength and in like agility and shit. But really he's just like good with like different kinds of weapons and send traps and stuff. He's kind of an interesting character. What a real news fake news about is that when Aaron Taylor Johnson was asked about the cream and the hunter movie, he said something about the character that is traditionally unaligned with the Craven the Hunter character in that he will be an animal lover and a protector of the natural world, which is usually the opposite of Craven the Hunter who just, you know, wants to kill Yeah, kills animals because it's like he's all about the frills and stuff. So what motivation would 
would Spider-Man have to be his enemy? Well, he's not going to. All these Sony movies, there's no Spider-Man in them. I know so. there's no Spider-Man, but technically there are Spider-Man villains. Like, yeah. when they brought uh, Venom from the Spider-Man universe into the possibility of the Marvel universe, yeah. he hated Spider-Man. Like, he was instantly disliked him, even though he'd never met him before. That's true. Yeah. I do not know what they're going to do, but yeah, this guy's going to be an animal lover. I don't know. Maybe Spider-Man's going to like kick a line or something. And he's be like, can't do that. Me and the rest of PETA are going to come after you. Okay. Uh, different. I don't know. What do you think about that? I, I don't know the character and honestly, I didn't care to begin with and I don't care. Now. Yes, <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a whole thing. Like most of the Spider-Man villains I've, for anyone who doesn't know, I've never been a huge like Spider-Man like, fr- uh, like fanboy. I I respect the character and all, and you know it's it's fine. You know, teenage wonder Spider-Man. I just didn't care, and I still don't to this day. Um, so his villains, with the exception of Venom, who I love, yeah, and Menace mainly because he became Agent Venom at one point in time. Um, I, I just I I don't care. I don't know about them. The yeah, fact that it's, they're making... it's a weird choice to make them all into like kind of good guys or anti-heroes. Yeah, and some of even... them work better. Venom works a little bit better because at points in comics he has been an anti-hero, but Craven has really always been a villain. And wasn't uh, was it Morbius or whatever? Morbius, yeah, he's always been a villain. He's always been a fucking villain. But now all of a sudden they're trying to give him like yeah, uh, a... Morbius. It's morbid time. It's morbid time, but a backstory that makes people actually care about him. Other than, Probably. I don't know. I didn't see it. I did, did, did I, but I'm assuming. Like, <laughs> yeah. Judging by the trailers, I'm like, okay, they're trying to make yeah. care people care about this character. That And there's like an actual villain in this villain's movie. Yeah. It's like his half-brother or whatever. I don't know. I haven't seen the movie. Exactly. Just like everyone else. It's just like, no, just make him the villain. Make him the bad guy. And then, I don't know, put him on like, I don't know, the whatever the equivalent of the... Suicide Squad. Yeah. Uh, Spider-Man has the Sinister Six. Yeah, but but actual, like, anti... Like, doing anti-hero stuff. Oh, the Thunderbolts. Thunderbolts. Yeah, Yeah. Marvel said they wanted to do a Thunderbolts movie. Just basically make that with Spider-Man villains. I'd be fine with that. Yeah, just all Morbius. (laughs) The vampire. (laughs) Uh, Number three, Travis. So, Justin Lin, who is the original director of Fast and Furious, um, he's done other action movies, and he was going to do the most recent uh, Fast and Furious movie before he dropped out. People say he had differences with Vin Diesel. But Justin Lin has been tasked to direct a One Punch Man adaptation of the manga classic in live-action form, obviously Hollywood. (sighs) What's your thoughts on this? As someone who, like me, have enjoyed at least the first season of One Punch Man. I even enjoyed the second. Like, not as much. I enjoyed the second season. Yeah. No. (laughs) There's so much. The, the reason we're talking about the boys today is there's so much superhero stuff in general that's coming out or has come out or will come out in the future mm-hmm. that is unnecessary. I think you said they were making one based off, what was that comic we read a while back? I do not know. The superhero family. Um, they're a dysfunctional family. Uh, uh, Umbrella Academy? I don't know. It feels like every superhero show is a dysfunctional family. Something about like they, they, their names sound like outer space, like Eclipse or something. The Eternals? It, no, not Eternals. Uh, it was. It's a. It's an off. It's not one of the main comics. It's not yeah. like DC or Marvel. Okay. I can't. I. I don't know. I can't. Help Jupiter's you a Jupiter's Ascendant. Yeah, that one. You watched that show, Travis. It already came out. Oh, did it? 
Yeah, I even watched it. It was canceled after one season. You watched it. I didn't get the chance to see it because I didn't bother, and you watched it. Jupiter's Ascendant. It's on Netflix. Okay, maybe, or maybe it's on Jupiter's Ascendant. Jupiter's Legacy. I think Jupiter's Ascendant is a different movie. It doesn't matter. Jupiter's this, Legacy. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So yeah, that 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 yeah. came out, and I forgot that it came out. Yeah. And I watched it. <laughs> and you watched it. Yeah. No, there is. To be fair, there is an oversaturation of superhero products in general. There, there is no Marvel has officially like. It's not just Marvel, but they definitely, like, pushed ahead underground of, like, okay, we're starting to kill the genre of too much product. Too much product. Like, six shows in a year and, like, ten movies. Yeah, it's too much. Um, So, like, it became unnecessary then. And I love One Punch Man, but it does, like, just like Cowboy Bebop. We loved Cowboy Bebop, but it Fuck didn't yeah. need a live action adaptation. Everything was, needs a live action no, adaptation. No, it doesn't. <laughs> it doesn't. It physically doesn't. It works as an anime because in anime you can do things mm. you cannot physically do in live action. And sometimes, kind of the purpose of anime almost. Yes, yeah, and things even you can do in CGI. Like there's yeah. just some things that you can draw in 2D animation or even sometimes 3D animation that just works for what it is. And it doesn't need a movie made. They've tried yeah. this a few times. They tried what, Speed Racer a while back. They've tried a few um, live action. Some of them are work, but because they're quirky. They work yeah. because they're quirky. They don't work because you just make like a super serious, like superhero show. But then like one punch man is like a satire of, of super serious. Do you think though people really like the boys because it's kind of a satire on super kind of, stuff. but it's, it's got its own vibe. It's a yeah. dark vibe. Yeah. And I think I, the, I'm not going to disagree with you. I think like one punch man, great manga. I'm sure because it's pretty much an, clear adaptation from the show to the manga. It's basically the same thing. The show's very good. I haven't seen the second season. The first season's amazing. But, like, you can't, like, with how, like, weird that show is, with, like, all the weird aliens and stuff, you cannot possibly make that in live-action form and make it good. No. Like, even if you went, like, full satire with it and actually just, like, physically trying to make it bad, it wouldn't be a good, like, it wouldn't be a so bad it's good show. It would just be horrible to watch. Oh, it's not going to be a show. It's going to be a movie. A uh, movie. Whatever you want to make yeah. it. But, yeah. The only ice on top of the cake would be if it was, like, a Netflix original. That would be fucking hilarious. Why? Because it would flop like all their other originals? Yeah, they would cancel it immediately. <sighs> that that would be the only benefit. Yeah. Like, it's one done, and it'll never happen again. Yeah. But, no. The it's, show, like, again, I would love it if they just gave me a third season mm. of the anime or... Have they said if they're going to do a third season or not? I haven't heard anything. It's unlikely. The second season, it took so long after the first season, it kind of killed, like, their whole audience. Like, you can't release stuff, like, three years later. Number four, Travis, the last uh, real news and fake news is a new report has come out that the fan campaign that helped bring about Zack Snyder's recut of the Justice League, the center cut was at least partially funded by fake social media accounts. Of course, he did have a very big fan base. They campaigned hard. The guy giving away credits is good. Uh, but at least there was a huge campaign about it, and a decent portion of it came from essentially fake Twitter bots that were made by I don't know how many people, but at least they found out by doing a lot of investigation that there was a decent percentage of the people that begged for it were bots. Yeah, I mean, so basically it's that thing. So you get even three people. Three people can create easily 300 bots each. And I wouldn't be surprised if that's if that actually happened because people are just, people are weird like that. Like, there's some people that get so dedicated to stuff. And I don't understand. I didn't hate 
the original Justice League, the one. The original Justice League, the Joss Whedon cut. The Joss Whedon cut. Yeah. I didn't hate that. Yeah. I didn't need the Jack Snyder's cut, even though we got it. But you got to admit, it is better. It's longer and almost <laughs> unnecessary. Like, yeah. I would definitely it, say it is better, though. It is physically better, but that's just because he they put in the stuff that was cut out. Yeah. That it kind of needed to work. Yeah. But I still don't think it needed to be like four or five hours long. Yeah, that's fair. And I still don't think we needed a black and white version because that didn't seem to make it any better. Oh, yeah, the black and white version. Yeah, that's true. Um, I still haven't seen that one yet. I never have either. I just saw the commercial. Yeah, I actually did watch part of it. And I was like, oh, it's just the same thing, but it's black and white. Mm-hmm. So I was like, okay, I think I'm okay. I get the idea of it. Don't need another four hours of yeah. this. So do you think uh, this is a plausible thing? That no, I, I could completely imagine that that would happen. All right, Travis. Uh, we've been running a little bit long because we're both, or at least me, a little bit tipsy. So let's get into which is the fake piece of news and why. Do you want me to go over the yeah. ones? So the Zack Snyder cut. Don't care. Partially fi- <laughs> okay. Uh, Dwayne The Rock Johnson's replacing uh, Will Smith. Okay. Craven the Hunter will be an animal lover and a protector of the natural world. And Justin Lin will direct One Punch Man adaptation for Hollywood. No reports on what company would do that yet. So the inf- the the One Punch Man, that's just the director. That's not if it's actually happening or not. No, he was hired to direct something that is at least greenlit. It might not actually film, but there's a script that's being written and a director that was hired. So it's moving along in production. So th- yeah, the, the movie's happening, but it might not be Justin Lin who's directing it. Uh, he was hired, so he probably will, but there's a chance he could drop out. But the real news, fake news, is kind of like the overall One Punch Man's happening as a movie. Okay, well, by the way, you were just talking there. I'm assuming that one's real. Yeah, I've, I've been a good liar before. Uh, true. Mm. So um, which one is the fake piece of news, Travis, and why? All right. The, the I Snyder, had a couple of weeks off, so I picked some good ones. The Snyder bot, I genuinely believe it was just bot. <laughs> yeah. Uh uh, I could, the Will Smith one was hard because like he was a genuinely good genie in his own right, but he has had a lot of like controversy media wise mm. as of recent, uh, sure between like stuff with his wife and now like the slapping of Chris, Chris Rock, Chris yeah. Rock. Yeah. Um, I guess I'm going to go with creative. The, I, I don't know his character enough. I don't care mm. about his character. So I guess I'll go with him being an animal. Lover. Lover instead of hater. Yeah, or sure. animal killer. Animal animal hater. I hate animals. Uh, so real news to fake news, guys. Drum roll, please. Uh, the real news, or I guess a fake piece of news. I'm sorry for being a little tipsy before coming on the show. The fake news is... Uh, I've, I didn't do a really good job of like drumming this up. But anyway, it is uh, fucking Dwayne Rock Johnson replacing Will Smith. Not happening. If the movie oh. happens, it will be Will Smith. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, but there is so it is a green leaf for a second movie. They it just, was now it's like put on like a hold. Oh, like one of Disney's like t- 10 year holds. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So we'll see if it actually happens, but yeah, it's still green light for now. Okay. So it's basically black widow where it may come out in the future, but yeah, probably will never see by the time it comes out. It'll be a little bit too late. Yeah. And no one will care. Even no one will care. Exactly. <sighs> Let's get into our main review. Travis, we've done this long enough. It is now the boys season three and, uh, 
Obi-Wan Kenobi. Two different shows, but two big shows that come out pretty recently. Let's talk about the boys season three recently. Uh, we talked about the first two seasons as different podcast episodes in the past. People can check those out by going to our old Trash Talk podcast only channel. Oh, you haven't moved those over to this channel yet? Uh, no. Or the- it's just everything past like episode like 85 gotcha. is over. Um, so we're going to check that out there um, if they want to see it. But anyway, for those first two seasons, I b- believe we gave them both uh, either a Kino or great. We gave them pretty high reviews. So we're going to begin to this about do we like them the same amount this new season, maybe less, or maybe we are going to continue the trend of giving it at least a great, if not Kino. I could have sworn we might have actually gave both seasons I a Kino. I think they were both Kino. I could have sworn it was that and Harley Quinn are the only shows that we've given Kino for, for every season. Seasons, yeah. I'm pretty sure. But anyway, let's get into it. So... The boys, the boys are doing more boys thing. The gang are back in town. They're fighting with each other. They're arguing with each other. They keep breaking up. They keep getting back together. They're a very toxic relationship. They we, are, but there's a lot of breakup and get back together in this. Especially this lot. new season. There's a whole lot. Uh, characters have developed more as they should. New characters are introduced. Uh, probably not as much as season two. It's really just mostly uh, Jason Eccles, Soldier Boys, like the major new character. There are a couple of new characters that are introduced, but they're mostly there just for an episode or two. Um, yeah. And, you know, Homelander's doing Homelander shit. Uh, Anthony Starr's knocking out of the park playing Homelander, the meanest and best villain on TV currently. Um, Is he a villain? Is he a villain? You can argue that. Uh, I guess let's get into it. Where do you want to even start? I kind of want to start because we mentioned it, relationships. Sure. There's like your neighbors are shooting off fireworks. Yeah, I know. There's so much fireworks going on right now. Like, quiet down. We're recording a podcast here. But no. But like, so the relationships, I like, I understand all of, all of what's happening, but it just seems like they're going off the walls. Because like, uh, what is it? Mother's. Mother's milk? Mother's milk. Yeah. He's, like, off doing his own thing now for, like, half the season. It's like his only bit in this show is, like, he's breaking out with a team, getting back on the team. It's he's it. like, no, I got to stay with my daughter. You're too much, Butcher. I mean, he gets back on the team. And then he jumps off the team because Butcher does something stupid again, exactly. like he always does. It's like every season. That's Mother's Milk's only character. It's not his only character. He's a, he's a good character. Yeah. But, like, it's like... His only interaction with the team is breaking up with the team or, or getting back on the team. Yeah. Um, and then, of course, uh, was Frenchie and Kamiko. Kamiko jump off the team for a while, actually. Yeah. But albeit they had their own reasons to want to do their own stuff. So far, it was like just Huey and freaking uh, uh, Butcher. And I was just like, the team got really small really fast. And albeit they were, what, super powered for a while? Yeah. So uh, spoilers. A- but, yeah, uh, we'll get into spoilers right now. This season, it's all about the boys. They're taking Compound V. Well, two of them. Two of them, yeah. And it's uh, what is it? It's Temp V is what it's temp called v. now. Butcher and uh, Huey are taking um, Temp V. What do you think of this like arc with the Temp V? I think it personally is pretty interesting. To me, I understand Huey because Huey was basically, he was always worried about not being strong enough to protect him. He couldn't protect his mother. He couldn't protect his girl, ex-girlfriend. Well, uh, deceased girlfriend Amber yes Amber like he he was just weak yeah and uh, like that's kind of it's he was all of us in that situation like we always feel weak compared to Homelander who's like Superman yeah Um. so I understood him doing it I had a hard time believing Butcher like Butcher was so anti-soup 
I had a hard time believing it when like he was just so willing to take this so he could compete with Homelander. That's fair. No, I get that. But would you not argue that like he's so driven for hate for Homelander that he would do whatever it takes, including By the going end of his, to the dark side? I mean, maybe, but like he seemed never reason to not want to do that. Like he had the boy, the Homelander son that he was protecting for the longest time that he kind of just gave up on. Um, like he had a reason to stay human and keep his human elements, even though he's a dickhead. Like no one's going to deny he's a good person, but we're going to call him a good person. He's a dickhead, but like he had a moral code. He had some ethics to him that he just like lines. That I didn't think he would cross. Mm. And then in like this season, he crossed all of them. Like every single line, he just crossed it. He became a soup, even though temporarily. He um, also fucked a soup. He fucked a soup. He fucked Maeve. He teamed up with a soup, which I didn't think he was like, like in like directly. Cause he teamed up with a, uh, with a soldier boy. Yeah. Who was basically the worst enemy of mother's milk because mother's milk hates him for reasons. Yeah. But he's just like, he crawled, like they just made him the worst. Like, honestly, they made him almost hard to distinguish him being the villain to Homelander being the villain anymore. Cause like Homelander did some good things. He's a dickhead. He killed some people in this season, but he did some genuinely good things. What good things do you do? Oh, he went to see his son and basically told his son he loved him and he'd never hate him. Yeah. And then he found out like his father and he tried to connect with his father. A spoilers. It's soldier boy. Yeah. Um, he tried to connect with him. But then his father hated him for being a, a wussy or a wimp because he, he needed the emotional fucking disappointment. Yeah. Your disappointment for needing the emotional support of others is yeah. basically because he, he basically Homelander wants a family. That's all he's ever wanted. He just wants somebody to care about because in his mind, he's alone. He's got, I think he had a black noir. That was like the closest thing he had to family. Yeah. His friend, black noir, Yeah, his best friend who turned out, he like straight up, like killed him because he, they just don't, they have a disagreement or something, but so he just feels alone. He just wants a family. And then when he finally gets a family, his father's like, nah, screw you. You're weak and pathetic. Mm. But then he, he generally like he, he protects his son and he, he shows his son love, which I'll be the son saw love from his mother, but like she wasn't a soup and she unfortunately died. So I feel like though, like, Part of that is, like, he has no one left. He lost Stormfront. He's lost pretty much anyone that's actually loved him or respected him. Like, Black Noir, his friend, the only thing he had left was his son. So I feel like, yes, good, he's not being an awful person to his son. But on the other hand, he's just kind of using him to boost his, like, very fragile ego. In my opinion, at least. To some extent, you are right. Yeah. But I'm just saying that there's like the one kind of goodish thing he did. Even sure. if it was self-motivated. Like, So the boys, yeah. It, I don't know if people can hear in our microphones. I don't know if they're that powerful or not. But fucking fireworks going off around us. And it's very distracting. It's not even a holiday as far as I'm aware. No, it's not. It's just our town's heritage weekend. Like, oh. no one gives a fuck that's your anniversary. No one gives a fuck. This town is not popular. It does not matter in the grand scheme of things. I guess the grand scheme of things, no town matters, but especially not this town. Uh, so the boys has always been about, it's really good because the sheer amount of interesting characters. So I guess let's break them down of like, did they do something interesting with them this season or not? Um, 
we're talking about Mother's Milk kind of doing like the traditional, oh, I don't want to be part of this team. I'm going to be part of this team. But I guess that's unfair to say because he does have a little bit of interest in storyline with him, his daughter, and his wife, or I guess his ex-wife's new husband, Todd, I believe his name is, yeah. who's just kind of like an uh, incel-looking little dude. They kind of like picked the most like uh, unlikable looking actor they could, who I think did a very good job. He's he, basically a devote fan of Homelander and Mother's Milk is like, dude, don't take my daughter to these like protests with Homelander because he's a dangerous dude. And he's like, no, I really like this guy. He's, he's a hero. great guy. He's, he's a Superman. hero. It's in, it's kind of an interesting storyline in my opinion. It I don't is. know what you thought. I, I enjoyed it, especially when they, the twist by the end of it, I, I'm assuming you saw that. Yeah, so let's go into it. It was the twist of... Basically, Homelander at the very end of the show is with his son. He brings his son, he shows it to people, he's like, this is my son. But somebody in the crowd, it's a crowd full of basically supporters of Homelander. Mm. One guy calls him a a monster or something. I I can't remember what the exact words were. Yeah. Basically, he's like... And Homelander fries him. Or is it the son? No, it was Homelander. But it was after he like throws like a... French fries, like a box of French fries or something at the sun, basically trying to like intimidate Homelander, even yeah. though he's human. Um, and he kills the guy. He just like laser eyes and cuts him in half. Yep. And the whole crowd goes wild, starting with Todd. Yeah. He is, he's basically, he's kind of resident of most like, uh, what are the, like the Southern Americans, like the, the with sure. rednecks, I guess you'd call them where they just, they would be accepting of Homelander if he murdered everyone because he is the all-American. That's what he represents. He represents freedom. Yeah. And the freedom. He's anti-media. He's all-America. He'll do everything to protect the country. And like freedom. Regardless if it's true or not. Yeah. The freedom to like kill a man if he attacks your family. Like. Yeah. um, Just like he represents that and Todd like identifies with that. And he's like, Mm. you're all-American. Even though he's like white average Joe. I think he's a teacher from what I remember. I think so. Yeah. But he's like your white average Joe. He like resonates with Homelander and that mm. freedom of America thing. Yeah. Even at the end, Mother's Milk has that scene where he just like fucking decks it with one punch. He's the real one punch man. Fucking punches him once and knocks Todd out on the floor. Oh, they are they're like halfway through the season after the first time he takes Mother's Milk's daughter to a Homelander rally. Yeah. So I think Marvel Smoke does have an interesting story, but yeah. most of it is really of like, I don't want to be on this team. No, I'm going to be on this team to help out. No, Butcher, you did a bad thing. I'm going to get off the team. Yeah. It's like every season he's doing this, but I think this season more interesting because he has that dynamic with that like rivalry with Todd. I think so. I think they go overboard with that. Was it crazy ex-girlfriend like together, back together, not together, but yeah. it's a toxic relationship kind of deal. They go overboard with that, but then they kind of redeem it with the the Todd and the daughter and the mother like storyline because he wants to get back with his ex wife. He wants his daughter to see him as a human being, but he hates Todd for doing what he's doing. Sorry about the other storylines. We talked briefly about the Temp V storyline. Um, I think both of us thought that it was interesting that Hugh is doing it because he's trying to make himself stronger because you know he's dating Starlight, who's he's dating really Starlight strong, and all of his family. Or different members of his family have been killed by super super human people. If we're talking about Butcher, his storyline is pretty much the same, that he's taking Temp V this season. He's becoming almost an addict, and all he wants to do is take down Homelander. You were talking about how you don't like because it kind of betrays his moral compass, which I agree. I think, though, it's a little bit more interesting because he's so driven to this cause. He'll do whatever it takes to get it. But I do agree with you that it's like, 
you kind of betrayed your compass. So it's a whole thing. He betrays his moral compass to an extent. Yeah. And then he doesn't. So when, when, uh, at one point in the show, it's revealed that Tempe will kill you. It will melt your brain and turn it to mush. He stops Huey from taking it by pushing him out of the way. Like he, or he knocks him out. Sorry. He knocks him out in like a gas station bathroom and just was like, you're not coming with us because this will kill you doing what we're going to do. will kill you. But he doesn't tell him that he just knocks him out instead. Cause that's his way of showing affection. Yeah. <laughs> um, but like, so that moral compass, he won't break like the saving Huey, who is basically in this scenario, his little brother. Um, he won't break that. And also at the end of it, he's like, okay, I'm going to protect Homelander's son. Like I won't let, uh, I think it was, uh, soldier boy attack Homelander's son because the, the son was his ex-wife's son as well. Yeah. He wouldn't let him hurt him. So for certain things, he won't break his moral compass forward, but for like Morris, Morris, I can't talk moral compass. There we go. He won't break that for certain things, but then for other things, he's just willing to go all out and just, I wish he'd be one with it. I wish he'd go full evil and like break every rule he's ever done. Like I wish he would have just let, soldier boy kill Homelander's son in order to kill Homelander. Sure. I wish he would have gone that far. I agree with you completely. Or I wish he would stay, have stayed back and not broken his moral code. I agree completely. I would have been, and you know, as a third season, you gotta do something different. I've been fine with him just going all out, yeah. do whatever it takes, but like, you gotta go all out with that. So yeah. I agree completely with you. He stopped. I think, stop me if I'm wrong. The women on the show, didn't have a lot of interest in arcs this season. Uh, Stormfront did because she committed suicide. <laughs> in, 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 like the first episode, yeah, she's killed off in like five minutes yeah, of but, time. But basically, she understood what her life would have been. She would have been Homelander, I guess, sex puppet or something because she kept like having to jerk him off with her. Yeah. Know? She understood what her life was, so she like wound up killing her. She had an interesting arc. Uh, is, but Starlight, she's one of the main characters of the show. What changed in her season? Nothing. Nothing changed. She just, <laughs> she's on the same path. Like some interesting thing happens around her, but her story didn't change. She's still trying to take down Homelander in a humane, conventional way. She's trying to save everyone. She's trying to be the hero. And at the end of the show, she has like this little thing where she like becomes, like she goes super Saiyan. Yeah. And then like, she doesn't do anything. <laughs> yeah. She attacks Homelander once, but it still isn't enough to kill him. And then like, that's it. She can only do yeah. it once. Cause it's like, like the women, anyone other women on the show, uh, Maeve, Maeve. uh, she's, she's she still supporting role. She does get an interesting story by the end, mainly what? because she loses her powers and then has to basically live her life as a human. The very end of the show, like after well, she's like, should have been killed. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so like, that's her most interesting bit. Like, I did find it interesting that she was like the only one to stand up to Homelander and fight him at the very end. I did think that was interesting. Yeah, so she she didn't break her moral compass. Yeah. She wanted to attack. I like her fuckers. Yeah, she was willing to do whatever it take to attack Homelander. And in the middle of a fight, when everyone was attacking each other, she was solely trying to attack Homelander. She's weaker than Homelander, unfortunately, which I don't think in the Marvel comics, like maybe Wonder Woman is weaker than Superman. I, I can't remember. Yeah, she's weaker, but she's not a ton weaker, but yeah, she is. But yeah, so like this one, um, Maeve is weaker than him. She can't beat him on her own, which is like, you know, unfortunate. And then I guess she finally breaks it, but all the time she was, she's always wanted to be a hero. She just never could. Mm. And then she just goes off to basically sacrifice her life. And by sacrifice, I mean, just losing her powers to save everyone. 
What about when she? I guess Kimiko, the major female on the show, if not one of the main females of the show, she does have in, more interesting things happen to her than Starlight, but probably she doesn't have the dramatic changes as other characters. Although she does have some really cool scenes and interesting scenes at that. She does have some good scenes, and she I'd say hers probably was the most, of all the female characters, hers was the most interesting, simply yeah, because sure. she was given the opportunity. She lost her powers in the first fight with uh, Soldier Boy. She was given the opportunity to live her life as a human. But, albeit, it was kind of, like, driven that she would get her powers back because basically everything around her happened, and she was powerless to do anything about it. Yep. She no longer had her strength or her super healing to fight. Yeah. So it was kind of driven to like push her to want to re-become a superhero. Like the the events that happened around her all kind of pushed her into that. But basically, she was given the choice to live her life as a human or become a uh, superhuman again. And honestly, like anyone in that situation would probably do what she did, become a superhuman again. Yeah, no, probably. What do you think about her and Frenchie's uh, musical scene? Interesting. Yeah. I don't know if it really fit into the story that well, but I thought it was like a nice like change of pace. Yeah, it made things a little bit more interesting. I hated Frenchie's arc. Or Oh, let's go into Frenchie, yeah. So Frenchie, his arc is that he was with this was she French? Ru- or Russian. Or Russian. Or this Russian yeah. like mob boss chick. And he would do like hit jobs for her, and he was also her sex toy. I don't remember something something along those lines. And now he's trying to break away from her. It's a weird arc that like, it's like it gives him more things to do, but it's not really all that. Interesting. And nothing really happens with like she. This story arc leads to her helping them, and then eventually her attacking Frenchie and Kimiko, and his ex girlfriend. I think it was. But, like, nothing ever happens. Like, she escapes by the end. The the Russian lady escapes by the end, and everyone survives, as far yes. as I remember. Nothing interesting happens with the story. They just kind of end it. Yeah. Yeah, Frenchie is kind of... I think he's just one of those characters that, unfortunately, is destined to be, like... What's the thing? He's I never going to be the top, like, four guys. He's never going to be the top four guys, but, like, I always love Frenchie. Oh, yeah, same. I love Frenchie. He's, but like... N- uh, he's this guy with a French accent who builds bombs and stuff. He's dope. He's coked out his mind. He's just cool as shit. Yeah, he's awesome. But now he's just like a little bitch. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, he is. He I hate is. to say it, but like he just, he fell so far. And all because like this one woman's like, oh, you were my pet at one point. Which, yeah, yeah. he was her pet. But now he's living his own life. He's like part of the team. He's part of the boys. But now he just falls into this rut where he's like, I guess I'm just everyone's like little pet that they can put on a leash yeah no it's true and he just he fell so far and i love frenchie the character but i hate this story arc of his let's talk about characters that are new that are introduced uh we're going to talk about the major one which is soldier boy in a second but first let's start off with some side characters one is the character of blue hawk that's introduced as the oh. main storyline to give a train Something to do this season. Something uh, to do. A-Train hasn't really been, like, in the first season, because he killed Huey's girlfriend, he had something to do. Second season, he didn't really have anything to do. Well, because, of, like, he got his heart condition thing, because he took yeah. uh, that V modifier, or whatever the hell it was. So now he can't do much, because, like, his heart is going to explode if he does superhuman things. Now it kind of gives him a, a reason to continue on, and also eventually gives him a reason to become a superhuman again. That's true. So A-Train, I guess we didn't really talk about them because, like, 
we kind of forget about like the Homelander side of the team, but like the Deep and A Train, they had some interesting things that going on. But uh, the Deep had less. I mean, yeah, the Deep. I say less. Did. He had more interesting, I guess, sexual scenes. Yeah, not in a good way. Yeah. Uh, H-Train, his, uh, not H-Train, uh, the deep, his infamous fucking the octopus scene. Yeah. What do you think about the whole, like, mini arc of him and his, like, his side piece, which is an octopus? It's kind of, it's like, so it's to make fun of Aquaman. I know it's to make fun of him, but, like, they started out with the dolphin. He was in love with a dolphin in the first season. Yep. And then it went to him falling in love with his wife. But now it kind of made it, like he can no longer just love his wife. He has to have the side piece, which is now an octopus. Yes. I didn't really understand most of it. Albeit, I guess is kind of interesting, but like I'd say like, I found him more interesting in the first season than I did in the second season or this one. Sure. He's just kind of, what genuine. about a train him and his combined story with the NP, not NPC, the side character of blue Hawk, who is this, uh, it's a vigilante who is, beating up crying and whatnot, but a train's thing is like, Hey, you go around black neighborhoods and you're killing and beating up a lot of, of black people when you're not really doing the same treatment for other people. And uh, blue hawk, he's essentially kind of like a weaker version of Punisher kind of basically. Yeah. Um, and at the end, a train, well, actually no, he's strong. I, str- he doesn't use guns, but he's like physically stronger because he's got like superhuman abilities. So he's got yeah. like super strength that I don't, think punisher does no. most of the time um but yeah blue hawk and a train a train has this like interesting i think it's an interesting arc because like he's trying to do his own thing to try to be a better person for his brother who kind of looks well, up to him but while the company is trying him and the company are trying to make this like fake persona around being a black superhero um yeah. it doing a lot of advertisement Black heritage and stuff yeah and like a lot of it is just like bullshit just like media stuff and some of it he seems to kind of actually care about like blue hawk actually like doing some bad shit in his hometown but i think it was kind of interesting that like a train we've kind of seen him as this piece of shit dude he's trying to do some good things but he's also kind of still just piece of shit yeah. um so he's like his Media persona is trying to be better. His real person is trying to be better, but you're kind of doing two different things. Um, I think A-Train had an interesting arc, although I would disagree not if anyone says, yeah, by the end when he kills Blue Hawk, he redeemed himself. He had his redemption arc. He didn't. He didn't redeem himself. He definitely had a good story arc, I, w- I would say, but he definitely didn't redeem himself. Redeem. Redeem. I'm drunk. Fuck it's, you. It's all good. <laughs> um, but yeah, no. His story arc for this season was much better than the second season. Mm. Um, and even his character development, because LB, he is a dickhead and he's only cares about himself. He shows some emotioning for caring about his brother and the community he grew up in. Yes. I'll be, he really, I don't think he really cares. Like, cause he does this whole like, uh, African heritage. I don't think he cares about his heritage or Africa no, or anything I don't like think that. He does. But he does care about his brother and his, in his fellow like brother from his hometown. Yeah. So like most people would. So I like his arc, or not his arc, his story and his character development, but like he's still not a good guy. He's still a dickhead, and when it comes down to it, he's still basically Homelander's like puppet. If Homelander, and do you think the writers could have done anything differently, no, or do you think that's? I, I think that's the best they could have done. I think this character works for what it is. It's never going to be redeemed. No, he, I, that's the thing. So most of the seven don't 
really I don't think they deserve a redemption no. arc. They Fuck were them. they were Homelander's puppets to begin with. And once Homelander gets like his powers back, they're just gonna be his puppets again. Because like they're scared of him. Yeah. Understandably, they are scared of Homelander, and I would be too. He's Superman. He is the OP character. Um, but Blue Hawk, getting back to him as a side character. I liked him because I liked showing again, the, the kind of the worst side of people. Sure. He's a bit racist and he has anger management issues. Definitely. But he was given superpowers as a child. I'm assuming because yeah. temp V most people were given to as a child is basically, that's what happens. Like this guy is a bit racist and has anger management and he goes around. albeit maybe sometimes accidentally just killing people, primarily mm. people of color. Yeah. And it shows a very interesting side of like, if, if an average human was just given superpowers, an average human with anger management issues and maybe a, a bit little racist. bit racist. Yeah. It's just like, this is probably what's going to happen if you do that. Yeah. It's kind of like if you gave Punisher some temp V and made him a little bit crazier than normal, he'd go around like absolutely slaughtering mob but family. Maybe, yeah. He might be slaughtering. Maybe people are doing bad things, but he might be targeting a certain demographic. Or I think he's probably a mob. So like yeah. Irish people, he'd just go after a bunch of Irish. <laughs> yeah, he'd just kill Irish people. That's it. <laughs> just wipe out all the Irish people in New York City. Yeah, yeah. Uh, speaking of which, when Nighthawk is killed, or Blue Hawk, whatever his name, what is his name? Blue Hawk. Is Blue Hawk is killed? Eventually, a train like drags him through the fucking street and just like fucking demolishes him by dragging him into the like sidewalk while like going at super speed. And that is part of the infamous episode of hero gasm, which yes. is inspired by a scene from the comics called hero gasm, where basically in the comics, it's just like an event that once per year heroes go to an area where they just like fuck people. It's just like a giant orgasm but and full of soups and full of soups, uh, basically uh, prostitutes and prostitutes. And this season, they announced they would do a hero gasm episode. Everyone was excited. And it seems for most part, people really liked that episode. But the question is, did we like the episode? I mean, I, I thought it was pretty good. What did you think of it? I wish it wasn't set in Vermont. <laughs> I know. Bad- it was set, if we don't, people don't know, we live in Vermont, and it's in fucking Montpelier, the capital. That shit is not Montpelier. It's not Montpelier. It's definitely not. It doesn't look anything like it. It's probably like Washington or something, but it, it yeah. doesn't matter where it's set. It's basically like, it's just like, oh, we're going to go out of what I'm assuming would be like the equivalent of New York City is where their headquarters is. Yeah. We're just going to go to the next state over. That's a, it's like a thing recently. I keep seeing these shows that are based in New York, and when they go to travel or have a break, they go to Vermont yeah. for some reason, but they just, never film in Vermont. No, they just either stay in New York or go like South or something. Yeah. It's weird. Yeah. But I don't like the respiration where they're like, Oh yeah. Where's here. Gasm take place. Oh, in Vermont. Yeah. <laughs> or our homeland where, yeah, I don't know. Maybe we're a bit more liberal, but I don't know if yeah. we'd accept hero gasm. <laughs> I don't know if any state in the United States would just accept hero gasm, especially not in that house. You see how, Wealthy, the house was no one in Vermont is a Fournette unless they live in Stowe, not Montpelier. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, so that was pretty funny. I, but yeah, it's an interesting episode. It basically, is, it's basically what you asked. It's basically a bunch of superheroes fucking people. Yeah, like fucking prostitutes and each other. And uh, like they even mentioned it at points, it's like these are basically the, the prostitutes are human, being as though they're being violated by soups that have superpowers. Like one guy I think had like an extendable dick. Like he's basically a last man, but just his dick, just his dick. Yeah. It was like, some of the things were like weird and, but they, but they were like, 
having sex with normal human beings and basically hurting them in yeah. the process. Like they said, like I think prostitutes, like 50 or so prostitutes a year die because of this, this event. event. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just like, that's, it's something to think about because like at the same time, yeah, you wouldn't want a superhero boyfriend or girlfriend cause they could basically kill you without even trying. Exactly. Yeah. They showed it a couple times. They showed one guy, a uh, sh- shrink small man. Oh my God. That first episode this yeah. season, that's the boys kind of built on like big shocks moment. And that's kind of the big thing this season. The first episode where as a very small, like Ant-Man size, he goes up a guy's dick. Oh, and then he sneezes and oh, expands and then it blows up the guy, blows the guy up starting with his lower half body. And it was absolutely <sighs> disgusting. But again, it's like that whole thing of like, it makes you think about it. Like, yeah, you wouldn't want to have sex with a superhuman. No, definitely not. Yeah, it's probably not going to end well for you, no. especially if you're a normal person. Yeah, that you're physically stronger and have powers that do crazy shit. What did you think about? Uh, we haven't talked about him as a number of members of Seven, but Black Noir is actually finally given at least a couple scenes to do something different besides I, just being the background. I mean, he was given something. He didn't do a lot of fighting, which I was disappointed with because, like, mm. his biggest bit, like, he's the silent assassin type character. And I love that about him. Yeah. But basically, this was showing his, like, emotional side and what he used to be like before he became basically a mute that was disfigured due to a certain somebody that we'll get into later, yep. aka uh, Soldier Boy. Um, It shows that like, the more human side of him, like, why he does what he does and what, what's his motivation, which I enjoy. I like knowing more about the character. Albeit, I wish he had more fight scenes. And they do it with this interesting bit that he basically visits like a boys e. universe of a Chuck E. Cheese. Yeah. And like he sees these 2D drawn animated characters that kind of like they do their little exposition bit and they talk to him. It's kind of like uh, Deadpool, but Deadpool couldn't speak. So he has like the voices talk to him. Yes. And I thought like, although it was a little bit exposition heavy of like telling the story with like these like cartoon characters, it was and very well done. And at the end when black noir is killed and like he sees like in his glasses, his little like chipmunk friends, like waving goodbye to him. Yeah. I thought it was well done. I, I genuinely thought it was well done. Like no, no complaints about it. And I'll be, yeah, you're right. It's a bit expedition heavy, but it was like exposition we needed. Like mm. we kind of wanted to know why soldier boy was sent to Russia to be a, a experiment, a lab experiment. It gave us all that information. He was a dickhead that bullied his team and damn near killed black noir on multiple occasions. Yeah. And that's why they're just like, no, we don't want you anymore. We're sending you off to Russia. And speaking of which, let's get into it. The uh, main new character. Okay, who we talk about? Uh, Starlight's kind of boyfriend from the south there. The one Homer kills off relatively quickly. Oh, yeah. Let's talk about uh, Supersonic. Supersonic, that's it. Uh, who's base- What's his superpower? I don't know. They never used it. <laughs> they never used his superpower from what I remember. <laughs> so he's basically, he's an ex, he's essentially like a Disney like a Disney channel icon. Uh, he used to have like his own like pop music and now he's like grown up and people still recognize him by his like pop song from when he was like 14 and whatnot. And he used to date starlight. Uh, but now he's inducted into seven before he's eventually killed through a game show or yeah, a, a, game a show, reality show or something, which I thought was kind of funny. Like the boys, they do such a good job of like doing like cheap satires of like stuff that like America really thrives on, like shitty reality TV shows. Yeah, 
like every season they do a good job of satirizing like America's like pop culture phenomenon. They really do. And this that one was one of like the exceptional standouts to me. Yeah. Because like that's all I was like I was just constantly thinking of like what's that shit wipeout or something like all the yeah. colorful people getting beat up by stuff, but with like superhumans and that and like whatever those shows are like Love Island or whatever. Sure. Like basically those two the shows Bachelor mixed together. Yeah, The Bachelor, and... Bachelor and Wipeout mixed together with superhumans. I was just like, you know, this is America. This is what we do. Oh, we would enjoy that shit. We would pick superheroes to save our country based off if they won the freaking yeah overall hottest guy on this TV show. Yeah. Oh, definitely. Yeah. And like, there's a whole debate about like which character should go and which not. And like, it's all like politics and stuff. And it's like totally what would happen. And I, I thought that was very interesting. That whole like shitty reality TV show. Oh, bit. it. That was the best part. And then. Kind of the interactions, because, like, basically, they were ex-lovers, Starlight and uh, Supersonic, so Huey gets jealous, because, mm. you know, they're they're ex-lovers, and they're still friends. So Huey gets jealous, Starlight's kind of having a good time, but she's also scared, because this is her ex-boyfriend, and they're still friends. She doesn't want Homelander to hurt this guy. Of course. Like, she wouldn't want Homelander to kill Huey. And she tries to get him to leave. Tries to get him to leave, tries to get him to do other stuff, and just be like, go away. But yeah. he's like, I'm strong, I can hold my own. He can't. He's not strong. He can't hold his own. No, he dies because Homelander's like, oh, this was your boyfriend? This is what I'm capable of. And he literally, like, I think he fried the guy's face or something. It was just gruesome. But, like, it's just showing his strength of power. So, albeit the character wasn't the most useful because I don't remember him ever using his powers once. (laughs) Yeah. It, but he's interested to the plot, at least. It's interesting to the plot because basically he's trying to help Starlight. He wants to be like, okay, let's make the seven better. Let's show Homelander he can't keep doing whatever he wants to do and get away with it. Sure. He tries to do that by recruiting, I think it was A-Train. And that's where we realize A-Train's just a puppet of Homelander and he goes and tattles on him to Homelander. Yeah. Which is why he kills Supersonic. Hmm. And it's like, so we learn a lot. We learn about A-Train. We learn about Supersonic. We learn more about Starlight, all from that's this true. little interaction. Yes. And that's why I think he was a really good side character. He's definitely a good side character. He benefits the plot more than anything. But, you know, he does a good job of that. But he's useless and he dies. He does, yeah. He dies pretty quickly, actually. Yeah. But it's it's interesting. They kind of cover that shit up very quickly. I mean, they do, but that's like how Vought works. They're like, oh, yeah. he went on to do better things. Speaking Let's- of Vought, um, Gustavo, his name's not Gustavo Fring, Giancarlo Espinito, also known as, Jean- as uh, Gustavo Fring on Breaking Bad. Uh, he reprises his role as the leader Vought for only like an episode or two before he's kind of kicked off when Homelander takes over. Oh, yeah, 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 that guy. I love uh, him. Yeah, he's great. And he also has the best line in the show when he's like, uh, fuck, I'm drunk, so I'm not going to remember it correctly. But he's like, uh, you are simply bad product, is what he calls home. Oh, that's right. Cause you are not a god. You are just simply bad product. And he just says it in his, like, epic Gustavo Fring voice. And it's true because, like... Like Vought created all of these people, but they yeah. specifically created Homer out oh, of a yeah. test tube. Yeah. So he's just like, yeah, you're, you are basically a product that we created. That's fault. Uh, not faulty. What is that called? He just went like haywire kind of, and yeah. he's kind of taken over. They've, he's kind of like, they kind of lost control of their puppets. Yeah. And now their puppets now trying to take over the company. Yeah. Oh, 
Sorry, getting back onto this. Another side character. Who's the girl who pop the girl who can pop people's heads with her mind? Oh yeah, I don't remember what her name is in the show, but uh, she's given more stuff to do this season. She's, she's kind of used at the last season towards the end a lot, but now well, in this season yeah. she's given more to do. She's given more to do, has more dialogue, and is kind of in cahoots with Co- uh, Homelander, but also is basically just trying to save her own skin because she knows Homelander is OP. Yeah, and she's got a daughter to take care of. But yeah, she's definitely an interesting side character for sure. And I like her story because she goes from being like, hunting soups to like working with them. And then I think by the end of it, she was like running for president or like vice president or something. Yeah, I think she's vice president. Yeah. So like, and like everyone decides we got to kill her next because they should have killed her two seasons or a season ago. Yeah. So I do like her story arc, but I'll yeah, be, I can't remember her name. So I guess she's not maybe the best side character. Yeah. I, or maybe she's just not given a good name, but like, I think she's interesting. Yeah. The boys does have a good, like, some characters they focus on more than others, but like I think they do a good job with the side characters. Some of their main characters don't get as much to do like Frenchie as they should. But I feel like their side characters are pretty good. They're yeah, pretty strong. They're solid. I yeah. mean, even uh what was it? The the brother and sister that ran the 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 orgy. Oh yes. Like, yeah, they were douchebags, but they were good side characters because they yeah. were interesting, and you actually like wanted to learn more about them before they got their eyes melted out. Let's segue that range that into uh, what I've been being to get into this whole time. Uh, Soldier Boy, he's kind of the main new character in this. While there's other new characters are introduced to help benefit the plot, he's kind of the new Stormfront. Stormfront was introduced last season as like a major antagonist but also someone to turn a plot in a different way soldier boy is wrong for that exact reason yeah he's to some extent he's he's adding he's adding too much in my opinion really interesting going to why so basically the whole reason for the boys is they're trying to kill soups and yeah. i'll be for the beginning of it they were mainly humans trying to kill soups but then you add kimiko and starlight and then it's soup a soup and human mixture trying to kill soups. Sure. But then they add temp V and I think temp V on its own would have been enough because then it gives the humans superpowers, albeit temporarily, it gives them a chance to fight against Homelander. But then they go and add another OP superhuman, which is almost as powerful or as powerful as Homelander. I can't remember. I think it's like slightly less powerful. Yeah. And they add him. And albeit they do kind of give him an interesting story arc with being Homelander's father. But I just think adding the Temp V and adding him was too much in one season. I think one or the other would have been fine. I That's an interesting opinion. I think I agree with that. I do think that like Jason Eccles plays the hell out of Soldier Boy. No, no, no. I would have rather had him. Yeah, I don't want. I both. don't want the Temp V. You don't v. want both, though. I don't want Temp V. I would have rather had him. And I. Then, I Add agree. V it should have been season. the humans with Starlight in Kimiko, technically, versus with Soldier Boy because he's powerful versus Homelander. They didn't need also the Temp V. Yeah, because that sure in theory they should have never lost that last battle. They shouldn't, which is why the last battle was kind of bullshit in my yeah. opinion. Because if you have Kimiko, Starlight. Homelander and had Huey chose to use it, he would have been a superhuman as well for a minute and he would have had his teleport ability. You would have had an OP team right there to go up against Homelander and even Soldier Boy. But 
they like basically kind of chins down and like, okay, we're not going to do that because it's too OP. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I think they ran themselves into a corner of making, giving the good guys like too much almost. Yeah. Too much of an advantage. Yeah. And then at the end, you kind of got that like, what my opinion is kind of like a washed last episode where like, I'm going to go into it. I'm not a fan of the last episode because this whole show's only focus is killing Homelander. The good guys have the advantage to kill Homelander, but when they turn on Soldier Boy, which gives Homelander a chance to like peace out, and yeah, they do take out knockout Soldier Boy, but they don't get Homelander. But I think that's because, like you said, they give too much advantage to good guys. If you're writing a show, if you're writing anything, you got to make the bad guy at least a little bit more powerful than the good guys. Once you gave them their strength in numbers, and also strength with Soldier Boy and Temp V, they had too strong of an advantage. And then you got that episode where they kind of like fucked their own shit up. They fucked their own shit and everyone changes the moral code or like goes back to their old moral code where they have to be the good guy or be the good guy in their own story. Sure. Like, it, it changes a lot. And I, I don't hate the last episode. I think it was okay. Mm. Mainly because... So there's two things I wish would have happened in this scenario. First of all, I would have wished never they had Temp V, and then that would have kept this whole Homelander and, like, these this group to get uh, fighting against him, like, longer. Uh, another season. But the way they wrapped it up, I kind of like how they did... Soldier Boy, who is the character we were talking about, because I think he played his part well. He's like, okay, my son is this little crappy little man. And also he had daddy issues. Like his dad Mm -hmm. never loved him, whatever. He had daddy issues. And then he's like, my son's a worthless piece of crap and I don't like him. And I'm just going to kill him and his son and then just start over. I'm going to go fuck all the bitches and make my own new family. And that's like his motive. So his motive never changes really. And I like that about him. I like his character for that reason. His motive never changes. To some extent, I almost wish they would have just killed off Homelander and made him the new villain. Or maybe took away Homelander's powers because yet his father has the ability to melt Temp V out of the system. Mm. I don't even know if... Being a test tube baby, I don't know if Homelander has Temp V in his system or if he's just born superhuman. I, I don't know how he works. Here's a good uh, question I'm going to throw upon you because someone... I know through this question out. Killing Homelander is kind of the purpose of the show, eventually. Do you feel, though, and this is not necessarily my opinion or not, but once they kill Homelander, they can only go, even if they have other cool characters like Soldier Boy or whatnot, there's only so far they can go because Homelander is that good a villain that that show really relies on him being that good of a villain. Otherwise, the show would kind of be shit without a Homelander type presence in the show. Or at least it can last a couple more episodes, but definitely not another season or two. I think it could last at least, I think Soldier Boy would be enough to last another season if they just use Soldier Boy as a villain. Mm -hmm. My biggest problem is I think they already ruined that because they already showed us that the good guys can be more powerful than Homelander. Mm. They had Soldier Boy on their side. They had Temp-V. They had Soups, Queen Maeve. Starlight, they had them all, and then they made it so like this whole moral compass thing, as I mentioned. They made them overpowered to the point where, like, okay, these guys could easily beat Homelander if all of them ganged up on him right now. They could have wiped the floor with him. Like, let's be real, they could have, yeah, probably. But they chose not to do that, and they're like, no, 
they've already ruined that illusion that Homelander's not unbeatable. Because, mm. like, in theory, like, that's how it's been so far. Homelander's, like, the top goal because he's unbeatable. He's super. He's Superman. Yeah. You can't beat him. Humans can't physically beat him. Most of the soups couldn't physically beat him in a one-to-one fight or even a two-to-one fight. True. But they, they ruin that illusion that he's unbeatable by doing this team-up and doing this, like, all-out assault on him on third season. That is an interesting point. I think I agree with that completely. So now we know he's beatable and we know they chose to keep him alive. So we're like, okay, now it's just plot armor. That's a very 100% interesting point that like now, as soon as you establish that, there's only more, how many more seasons you can go after you establish that if he survives another season, if at the end of next season, which they announced season four, if he's alive at the end of season four, it's because it's plot armor. Yeah. At this point, from this season on, it's plot armor. Yeah. Because they showed us that. Yeah. And it's, again, it takes away from that immersion. 100%. Which, as a little bit, again, like I said, if they had just killed him and made his father, a.k.a. Soldier Boy, the new villain, I think it could have lasted a whole nother scene. Because Soldier Boy's a yeah. decent enough, strong enough character. And he has that one ability. He can... um negate soups he can burn tempy out of their system and negate all soups so basically then it becomes humans versus a superhuman Mm. it kind of gives you that dynamic back so i think maybe almost two seasons with his character like his his ability i think that could almost give you two seasons but i think homelander now that they've done this won't be as interesting from this season onward i feel like you got wrapped up next season yeah. As much as I'd like this to be a five-season or more show, like, after you gave him the weaknesses, after you showed that he could be beaten, if he doesn't get beaten by the end of next season, it's because they want to extend the show. Yeah, that's so, all. The, it's a money grab at that point. 100%. It's a very good show, and it's getting Amazon a shit ton of people that can watch it because of that, but you're starting to see weaknesses in armor. With that said, we haven't talked about Obi-Wan Kenobi. We need to move on to that. So we talked about the boys... Good season, just like our seasons. Let's I'm, actually talk about ratings. Try starting with you of our rating, Trash Talk Podcast rating of bad. It's a movie, or in this case, it's a show. Good, great, event Kino. What are you giving this season with the last two seasons being Kinos? Being Kinos are great. I have to give this a good. Okay. Genuinely, I'm just yeah. going to have to give this a good. I like the show. I love the show. I just think there's so many, th- again, my biggest complaint is they should have gone one way that either give the soups or not give the humans temp V to make them superhumans, or give us Homelander's father, AKA soldier boy to be his like arch nemesis. Like one of those two things don't give us both and make the OP team without like, I guess realizing it. I was also going to say the same thing. I thought you were going to go a little higher for me, but no, we have the same thing. Good. It's definitely good. There's strong write-in. Everyone does really good, strong performances. Great side characters. Great side characters. Uh, there's a lot of hilarious satire, especially on American politics and American uh, consumerism. Yeah. Uh, a lot of good stuff. But yeah, especially towards the end, you're starting to see cracks in the armor. You're starting to see, oh, they're having to try to find reasons to extend this for at least another season. Um, some characters are given better arcs than others. There's definitely some weaknesses in this. It's still a good show, but like, they didn't make it much better than season two and season one. They didn't make it any better. 
than season. Like they, I I love I really do like Soldier Boy. I like him more than Stormfront. But if you just yeah yeah. But if you just like Soldier Boy, he's not enough alone no. on the show to make it no. great. No, definitely not. He's definitely a great not. character, but he's not alone to make the show great. For sure, hundred percent. And there's enough weaknesses on other fronts that you gotta go. All right. Maybe it's not perfect. It's very good. It's strong. It's funny at points. It's good. But, yeah, I wouldn't say it's great. So that's why both of us were saying it is a good third season. All right, let's now, move on to, oh. I think at this point it's just going to be an honorable mention, but not despicable. What is it? The Boys Diabolical. Diabolical. Good show. Fucking Kino show. Very good. Opinion. I would say Kino, yeah. Good, it is Kino. Kino, yeah. It is it's an anthology series, but it all follows in the boys timeline and it shows different story arcs of the boys universe. Basically it shows 100%. you more about the universe than the live action does. Because again, animation, you can go so much farther. Yeah. Um, so Kino highly recommend watching 100%. it to anyone. We won't really go into review, unfortunately, cause we have to go to uh, Kenobi. Yeah. Please watch it. Yeah. Boys saw Balkle, super good shit. And the Homelander in that is just as good as in live action. Oh, yeah, definitely. Guaranteed. And you get a lot of different stories. You get some that are more dramatic, some that are more comedic. Um, Was there ones, I know it's been probably a couple weeks for you since you've seen it, probably like three weeks for you, but was there ones that you remember from your head of being Uh, like your favorites? I can't remember his name, but the one where we meet Huey and Butcher and they plant a bomb in the guy who can fly around really fast. Yeah. Basically supersonic, but not supersonic. Yeah. I can't remember his name, but then he goes around and he like flies around and he crash lands and like blows up in front of a bunch of people. And then he kills another superhero. And yeah, flies through his stomach. It's very gruesome, but I thought it was like enough comedy with enough like gruesome, like realism. Yeah. I thought it worked really well. That's an interesting episode because that is episode where it's written by Garth Ennis, who is the original creator of the boys and they let him actually write this episode because, you know, he's a comic book writer. It's not a screenwriter. But he wrote this episode. And the, because number to say animated show, they're animated to look just like the comic does. That so particular Butcher one, yes. doesn't have the beard. He's a little bit more British than uh, Carl Urban's, who has, like, he's supposed to be British, but he's got that fucking. New Zealand. Yeah, New Zealand accent, which is good. I love Carl Urban. He's great. But he's definitely not fucking British. He's not British. <laughs> but then it shows the real version of Huey. It shows the real version of Huey. Which is basically Huey's dad. <laughs> which is Huey's dad, uh, Simon Pegg. It was originally modeled. His character was supposed to look like Simon Pegg. And if they ever made a boy's movie, it would have been Simon Pegg. But he got too old, so that's why he's playing uh, his dad in the show. And he got to voice the character here. So that's kind of cool. He got to voice uh, Huey, if not play him. But yeah, it's definitely a good episode. I love that episode. Did you have a favorite one? Yeah. Um, I really liked it. I didn't think Andy Sandberg out of anyone would write such a good episode. But Andy Sandberg, who is, uh, you know, he's on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. He's one of the um, the boys on the Lost Island. Not the Lost Island. Uh, the Lonely. Yeah, the Lonely Island. Um, he wrote, and he's a, you know, he's a comedy actor, but he wrote a fantastic dramatic episode towards the end of the season about an elderly man stealing temp V to. Oh, that was him. Yeah. That was, Andy that was a good episode. It's so fucking good, dude. I thought that was like, that was almost like 
for me, like anime, like eh, yeah. I mean, albeit the guy was Asian, but also at the same yeah. time, like the art style and stuff, it just felt 100%. so like anime, like kind of rip off. Definitely, yeah. The art style is really good, and like Andy Samberg's, I don't remember him ever writing anything, but especially not dramatic. And this is fucking good, dude. It was heartfelt. It's so like, heartfelt. At the I, end, I was like, damn, this is good shit. I was like, dude, I respect that old man, even yeah. though he's a dickhead. I respect that old man. And basically, if anyone hasn't seen it, basically, you gotta see it. It's a fucking great episode. I think it's episode seven or eight out of the eight episodes. I think season. it's seven because the last one has got Homelander in it. Uh, which was the episode? Uh, the, the last one, I believe, was when Homelander and he's with Black Noir. And it's basically when he becomes Homelander. It's his like uh, beginning story arc. Oh, yes, I remember that. Yeah, it's pretty good. Um, but yeah, seventh episode. Andy Sandberg written. It's basically an old man steals Temp V to resurrect his wife who's dying. And because of that, she's given powers. And then there's like this alien thing that she has to fight. Yeah, basically it's super hurt. dramatic and super heartfelt. At the end, you're like at the verge of tears. You're like, oh my God, this is so powerful stuff. Very, oh my God, terrific. Yeah, no, easily those two. The one I mentioned, the one you mentioned, those oh, yeah. are my two favorite episodes. Definitely. What do you think about the Rick and Morty episode written by uh, Justin Rowland and another writer, but Justin Rowland who voices Rick and Morty? Uh, they written, uh, they wrote the second episode. Uh, it's basically about all the like misfit. I thought um, it was good. Soups. Yeah, I liked it. I didn't like it as much, but I liked it. Yeah, I, I still thought it was entertainment. Yeah, it's it's comedic. It's I liked it much silly. more than like the first episode, which felt like you know classic cartoon, but also like yeah, blood guts and gore. Yeah, the first episode is basically like a classic Warner Brothers cartoon. Yeah, yeah, but like, that I, one was written actually by Seth Rogen. That makes sense. Actually. Yeah, but no, I, I liked I liked this the Misfit one because it kind of felt. Almost, what was that movie we watched a while back that took place in the orphanage? Oh, uh, New Mutants? New Mutants. It kind yeah. of felt like that, but like darker and a bit more gory. It's a little silly. Like there's a guy who's just like, his face is boobs. Yeah. That's his thing. And there's a guy, the character who his face is a boombox and he only plays that one song by Hootie the Blowfish. <laughs> oh, <that's... laughs> but again, it's that whole thing. Like, so you give human superpowers, but you never know what a physical superpower could manifest to. That's true. You could get laser eyes. You could become Superman, get the super strength, the invincibility, or you could literally just get a boombox on your head and play one song for the rest of your life. Yeah. Drive me insane. Which is why I thought it was a great concept. It's like, what about all the people that get mutant powers, like the X-Men, but they're shitty. They're not fucking Wolverine yeah, or whatever. Yeah, because in, they're the, just in the X-Men, we never see the bad mutant powers. We no. only see the useful ones. Yeah, why but would there's got to be shitty ones out there that, that no one wants. Charles Xavier's like, we don't want you in our school. I, I don't see that guy in my brain power system yeah. thing. I don't know I they exist. I think our enrollment is full. We don't have any more room for more people. But the general people has to have like basic powers or just crappy powers. Oh, yeah. And we saw that in this one and we're like, I feel bad for these guys. They probably shouldn't have killed their parents because <laughs> their parents were just money hungry, grubby little bastards. That's kind of dark. Every single one of them was killing their parents. It was a bit dark, but also the it same. It's good. Yeah. It's good. It a good episode. Especially when uh, Hootie the Blowfish comes on while they're killing all these <laughs> oh, people. God. It's a great soundtrack to just like yeah. chaos and mayhem. Yeah. 
It's good. All right, let's move past the boys. Going to our uh, the final show we're recommending, or at least reviewing, which is Obi Wan Kenobi on Disney Plus six episode arc. They were able to bring back Owen McGregor. They've been trying to do this for a while. It was the base. Are they going to do an Owen McGregor Obi Wan Kenobi movie or show? There was a show at one point. If then it was kind of canceled. If then they were able to bring it back with different writers. And then uh, yeah, here we are. They were able to bring it together, and they were able to film Obi Wan Kenobi and bring it. To us on Disney Plus, so I guess let's talk about it. Absolutely, um, I'm where we start. Uh, Kenobi, good Kenobi, character, uh, great character. Uh, Uma McGregor, he's fucking fantastic. Not only as a great actor, but just like as his character, he's just so good. Unfortunately, I want to say that like it's almost a negative that he's so good in this. He makes the rest of the actors look really shit. He's just so good. So, like, in comparison, we can't compare this to the movies that he actually acted in, in, the, I guess, the the prequels. We can't really compare it to that. I'm comparing this to, like, the Disney, the, the new Disney shows sure. from from Star Wars. And I'll be, I will happily say it's better than Boba Fett. Yeah. You know what I mean? But, like, in comparing it to The Mandalorian, I think everyone in The Mandalorian was on par as good or bad of an actor. Mm. Oh, for sure. Yeah. But in this one, he was the actor <laughs> that kind of overpowered everyone else. Oh, definitely. Yeah. You're like, this guy is a traditionally trained and successful movie actor. Everyone else is at best a, a new TV show actor. New, moderately good TV show actor. Yeah. Yeah. And that was like, he's really good in this show. I'm <sighs> never going to say anything negative about Ewan McGregor, but like, like he was like so good in like compared to some other people, like he made other people look bad because they were okay. And when he was, especially when he's acting alongside them, I was like, damn, these other people look really bad compared to him. And so Parma, like, so he was, he was acting along like child actors, yeah, which I always find to be a difficult line to balance. Cause in movies you notice, at least for a lot of movies, child actors don't get a lot of lines. Yeah. Because they're not as good of actors yeah. as adults. But in this show... The kids, at least one kid in particular, got a lot of lines. Leia. Yeah, Leia Organa. The, yeah, the, 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 the girl who played Leia. And it was noticeably <laughs> bad <laughs> in yeah, comparison to Ewan McGregor. Yeah. Hey, like, you... Like you, there's only so much you can say. You you can't rag on her too much. She's a child actor. She's no, probably she's like good. fucking eight years old. She is, but she's but good. But you're acting alongside Ewan McGregor, who's a movie star. Yeah, he's not a TV star. He's a movie star. There's only so much you can do alongside him. Yeah, and I'll admit, she's. I'll admit she's good for a child actress. <laughs> yeah, but she's not as good as him. Yeah, by a long shot. And it looks noticeably bad. When the two are interacting. Yeah. And, like, he's just so fucking good as that role because he's been playing it. He's played it in three movies before, even though it's been a while since he's done it. And I think, it's like... It's rough for him to act alongside a child actor. It's tough to watch. It is a little bit tough to watch. Maybe he enjoyed it. I don't know. I haven't talked I to the guy. For... Yeah, I'm sure he did. I, I mean, he got paid it. well enough for I'm it. I'm sure he did, yeah. <laughs> I'm sure he got paid plenty. But I'm sure it was a bit difficult, and it's very... Very noticeable on screen. Yes. In him compared yes. to anyone, like anyone in the show, it's very noticeable. And it's for sure. Again, it's that whole thing. As I said with the boys, it ruins that immersion. Again, with the Mandalorian, I was able to stay immersed into this story 
because everyone was equivalent to it. There was no one better or worse. They yeah. were all equivalent. Yeah. This one, I followed Hugh McGregor's story. And I was like, oh, it's dramatic. It's a, it's extensive. It's a incredible. And then I tried to follow everyone else's story and I'm like, eh. Yeah. Cause they're like, they, you can't compare to him. He's too good. That no one gives a shit about the rest of the characters. I, I so the rest of the characters, let's talk about them. So in Obi-Wan Kenobi, they have apparently a decent enough budget where they get some relatively famous people to come in as side roles. So let's talk about them, see if any of them you thought were okay, decent, or maybe they were pretty good. Uh, so some of the famous-ish people they brought in was, uh, first of all, Josh. No, not Josh. Was it Benny? I think it was Benny Safdie of the Safdie Brothers, one of the two directors of Uncut Gems, was an actor. This is like the first Jedi who's killed in the first episode. He's like running away from the Inquisitors. Oh, in that the beginning scene in the town. Yeah, even at the end of the episode, he's like strung up, dead. Uh, he's in the show for a little bit. Uh, I'm gonna fucking butcher his name, but Kamij Ninjiani. Oh, the comedian guy. Uh, the Indian comedian who was recently in Disney's other product, The Eternals. They must have liked him in that, so they brought him back for this. He's in for a couple episodes in this. I like him. This fake, yeah, he's like this fake Jedi guy. He's basically con like artist. a magician. He's con artist. I thought the idea was pretty good. I liked him. I yeah. didn't like him in comparison to Kenobi, but I liked him. Exactly. I think that concept's really good. I think he's fine enough as an actor, but like... He's a comedian. He's a trained comedian. And we put him with Obi-Wan Kenobi, who's like, he, he never goes for comedic, which is fine because that's his character. When you see like someone who's so dramatic and good at it and someone who's like a Funny. comedian yeah, actor, it's... it's rough to see them interact. It does not work in this show It doesn't at flow all. at all. It does not flow. And then the last one, which I thought was weird, but we can debate if he was good or not, was Ice Cube's son, uh, Shay. Jackson, Shao Jackson, I believe his name is, but he plays one of the leaders of like this like resistance troop at the end. He's like the like the oh, little general guy, general pilot or not pilot guy, but yeah, it's yeah, yeah, uh, Ice Cube's son. Um, he's been in like he's been in the Godzilla movie recently. He was really good as a younger version of his father, Ice Cube, in Straight Outta Compton. Very good in that. And this, he's in it. I feel like. Any actor could have done that role. Like, he was just there to kind of, like, advance the plot kind of. I feel like he was kind of, like... There to fill a seat. He was there to, yeah, fill a seat. I don't... He didn't add anything or take away anything from the story. Yeah. And, of course, uh, Leia's there. And, of course, uh, Luke. Although Luke is not really used that much. It's mostly a story about Obi-Wan Kenobi rescuing Leia and saving her from the Inquisitors that are following her. Which is a pretty decent premise in itself. We can debate all if day, they'd though, stuck if they actually that. used it or yeah. not. Yeah. If they'd stuck with that plot line, yes. Had yeah. Because they, they didn't, it was kind of... So the main story, if anyone has not watched the show, is essentially in a quick nutshell. Obi-Wan Kenobi is trying to rescue and save uh, Princess Leia, a young Princess Leia. She's probably around 10 years old or so, actually probably less, um, from the Grand Inquisitors, who are basically Darth Vader's uh, secret assassins. They're not exactly They're not that sick. secret. <laughs> yeah, they're pretty Everyone shit. knows about yeah. them, but they're just... <laughs> They're uh, basically the equivalent of like the Russian secret service where they go around and if they show up, you're probably going to die. Yeah. And there's three of them and one of them becomes like a major character in this, which is the third sister. 
who's trying to up the Grand Inquisitor, who's the leader of the group, and her bit is that all she wants in the world is to stop Open Kenobi. And then eventually we learn later on, it's kind of a spoiler, all she really wants is to take down uh, Anakin Skywalker, also known as Darth Vader, because when he was killing the younglings in Season 3, not Season 3, uh, Episode 3 of Star Wars, she was killed. one of the younglings. She was one of the younglings. She escaped, but her friends were killed. So you had some motivation there. Um, but yeah, so basically the show is built around antagonists of Darth Vader, yes, and he's a very good antagonist because of course he's Darth Vader, but it's really about Obi-Wan Kenobi versus the third sister who is this Inquisitor. She's not exactly a Sith, but she's trained to use lightsabers and to hunt Jedi, and she's trying to take down Obi-Wan Kenobi because of her reasons. Yes. Um, she's kind of like, I, Evo, maybe she's not billed as the second main character. She probably is the second most like screen time in lines. Between her and Princess Leia, the the, the young true. Princess Leia, like they're equivalent, I'd say. But yeah, they're like the two secondary char- characters compared to Kenobi. And I don't want to rag her on her too much because she, like, she suffered a lot of uh, unfortunate harassment from Star Wars fans. Um, you could say part of that is attributed to, in what my opinion was, that like, Either she got really horrible lines that no one could say, or she did a very bad job of saying those lines. But I thought she was a very weak actor, or maybe her lines were so bad that made her look like a weak actor. But she got a ton of harassment from Star Wars fans. Unfortunately, it wasn't all based on her acting ability, but that a lot of Star Wars... Not, I don't want to say a lot of Star Wars fans. A toxic subgroup of Star Wars fans did not like an African-American person in their universe, especially as a major character. So I don't understand that. Okay. So yeah. people accept alien races in their star Wars universe. Yeah. Albeit like 90% of the main characters are white and yeah. generico, <laughs> but like they accept. Yeah. Like except uh, fucking Wookiees and Yodas and Wookiees, shit. Wookiees, like Yodas. Uh, what was his name? That really crappy one that everyone hated. Oh, fucking Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. yeah. You yeah. accept Jar Jar Binks. Yeah. Why do you not accept an African American? Yeah, I don't know. It's Star Wars fans are like the worst. Like, they were like, they were like, yes, we had one black person in the universe before. What it was Mace Windu was the only black person in the whole universe. And now we add one more. And, and now that, we go the, insane. It's the end of the world. Yeah. Granted, I don't know if this girl is the best actress in the world. Maybe she's just got bad lines, but she definitely did not deserve the harassment she got to the point that even Ewan McGregor had to like back her up and be like, yeah, I loved working with her. Everything that's yeah. going to her is like crap. And like, I back her up on whatever she no. does. I genuinely think she's a good actress. Yeah. I get the feeling it was kind of bad. And this was for most of the characters. I think it was a yeah. lot of bad writing. Oh, for sure. The dialogue in this show is even, garbage. Yeah. Um, even uh, who is the character he meets up with? The, I think it was like the third episode. And they, they go to that planet and they would up with the resistance, uh, the female commander in the, in the, in the empire. Yeah. So she's like this character who she's secretly for the rebels, but she's in taken over the role of like an Imperial officer. I don't know her name, unfortunately. I don't uh, but I know she's a good actress. I've seen her in other movies. I know yeah, she's same. a good actress, but I saw her in this and I was like, this is a letdown for how for sure. good she is to how bad the, the writing and the dialogue is between all the characters. All the characters. I saw O'Shea Jackson or uh, I forget what his name is, but Ice Cube's son in the movie where he played his father's younger version. He was fucking good in that. In this, I was like, oof, he's not that great in this. Yeah. And I think that was just everyone. So I think yeah. it was not so much 
they got bad actors. No. I think they got the equivalent of good TV actors, but then they gave them the Shit equivalent, lights. the equivalent of the writing of Boba Fett. Yeah, and I was just like, no, don't do this. Don't do this to Kenobi. Yeah, this man, he deserves better. He's done. If you're bringing him back, give him the best, and they definitely do not give him. No, the best. they they gave him actors that could perform almost as good. Probably maybe not as good as him, but almost as good. And then they just gave all these other actors shit lines yeah. and shit dialogue. And I was just like, is this necessary? Do you have to make them look bad compared to this guy? So the big they even. All right. So they did. They did my man dirty. Um, Which one? Uh, Qui-Gon Jinn. Well, I can't remember his name. Oh, Liam Neeson. Liam Neeson. Did you hear his lines by the end of the show? Yeah, he's in the like last episode for like two lines. Yeah, he did, did two lines, and they were they're not crap. memorable at all. I, I was like, damn! If I was a major actor like Liam Neeson, I saw these lines. I was like, this is what you give me? Nothing memorable. Yeah, nothing memorable. I'm quite literally probably the most highly paid actor in yeah. this whole show. Give me something to say that people it was garbage. I was like, damn. You brought Liam Neeson in. You gave him like this, like, you know, the beard makeup and everything, the long hair. That's not his normal hair. No. They probably spent hours working on his makeup and stuff for him to be in the booth for 15 minutes to say two lines. It's super unmemorable lines at that. Garbage. No, like, and that's the thing. I can understand wanting to make one actor the, the center of attention, but you can't just make all the other actors and actresses bad to do that. Yeah. I know. Or seem bad. I, they're not bad, but make them seem bad. Just because how bad the writing is. I think, ugh, I don't know what exactly it comes down to. Of course, it comes down to writing. From what I know is from watching the show, there's this director that directed, it seemed like every single episode of the show, which was Deborah Chow. Deborah Chow is a director from some, uh, she did a couple independent movies, like very independent movies. And from my research on those movies without seeing them, they seem to be well-received. It seems to be this unfortunate, uh, unfortunate progression with Disney that they take uh, directors or writers that have talent, but are not very well-known and give them charge of a product. And they probably like kind of like push them to do what they want because they have no power because they're unknown. Yeah. Captain Marvel, you could say it's an okay movie or a good movie or a bad movie. It doesn't matter. Everyone has their own opinion about that movie. But that movie, when I watched it, there's two directors in that movie. Both of them come from a very indie background. Haven't seen one of their movies Captain Marvel has no stylization compared to the movie I did see them. It seemed like they were just hired for to fill a director's seat. A generic seat. Marvel movie. For a generic Marvel movie. Even they admitted they didn't direct the action scenes. The Marvel like action scene department dealt with that. They just dealt with everything else. So they're really not even like... I can't say they're not directors. They are directors. But like they didn't direct as hands-on as they did on their own personal movies. Just like this woman, Deborah Chow... Although it's impressive she directed every single episode of the show, I feel, I'm sure she did a ton of work and whatnot, but I feel like Disney mm. was like, this is storyline, you do this, you do this, you do this, and then like fill it out and do your own thing. But like in the show, like I feel like there was some weak directing, not only because there's a lot of bad actors when we've seen, Evo, some of them are pretty solid overall, but like a lot of like the like fight choreography is pretty bad. As I told you, by the end of the show, there's only one good choreographed fight scene in the entire show that almost makes up for like the other 
90% of the fight scenes. Every single episode, except for that last fight scene, which is really good, uh, when it's Darth Vader, Obi-Wan Kenobi fighting that planet, like, full of, like, uh, like little mountains and stuff. Super The only good. real Jedi fight in the entire show. The only real one. Every other fight scene is horribly choreographed. It does not look good. It ranges from wide shots that are very, like, quick for a second, even up close, but, like, super, like, uh, like, um, uh, it's just a hands-on, there's, like, no, like, stillness to the camera movement. It's just, like, someone holding the camera, and it's, like, bouncing around a little bit as they're fighting. It's, like, to mask they're not actual professional fighters. There's so many cuts you can, like, barely see what's going on. Or there's, like, simply focusing on, like, one guy's face, like a, a clone trooper's face, and that's all you see. Before I forget, before I get, the clone troopers in the show are the most useless clone troopers that have been seen in any Star Wars universe movie or show so far, which is saying a lot. It is saying a lot. In this show, they're constantly getting killed or defeated, often defeated by people who are unarmed and captured, including by Obi-Wan multiple times, that uh, Imperial girl he meets up with at one point, she defeats, like, two clone troopers who kidnap her, or not kidnap her, arrest her, even though she has no weapons on her. Mm-hmm. The clone troopers in this are so useless, and it's really embarrassing to watch. And I feel bad for any actor who has to be an extra as a clone trooper because they don't do anything. They're just cannon fodder. They're I like, garbage. I like how you say that, cayenne and fodder. Cayenne and fodder. <laughs> um, do you know what I feel like? What? When I when I saw this. You remember how for the longest time there's so many memes floating around on like Facebook, Instagram, all that crap. They can't hit anything. They couldn't hit the broadside of a barn? Yeah. I get the feeling the Disney executive looked at all those memes and were like, this is what a clone trooper is This now. is what people want clone trooper to be. No, no, this is just what they are. Like yeah. Disney's like, this is what they are. They're canon... Cayenne and fodder. Cayenne and fodder. That's all they are. Yeah. And I'm just like, why? They're such, mm. they're so good in the- They're supposed co- to be military. In the writing, in the freaking stories. Like, they're so good. And eventually, like, they're they're based off the clone troopers, which are even better. Like, they're even more advanced. And yeah. They're all based off that one guy. They're so, so much better than, like, what- what Disney's making them to be. The last episode I just watched, Obi-Wan Kenobi's captured, and he's led off by, like, six of them. And then they look over, and he's, like, running away, and the rest of them are, like, knocked out. Um, and we didn't even see him do it. It's like, what happened? How did all those guards just let him go when he had... He literally gave his lightsaber away earlier. Yeah. It's very embarrassing to watch. Okay, before we get into anything else... The other major actor that's in this is they brought back Hayden Christensen as Darth Vader to do, um, well, not the voice work for Darth Vader, but, like, he had a couple scenes as him as Anakin uh, Skywalker. The mutated Anakin Skywalker. And and also normal Anakin Skywalker. There's a flashback scene where he's a Padawan. That's true. Yeah, yeah. And also he does most of, maybe not all of, but most of, like, the physical acting as Darth Vader. Uh, so what do we think about Darth Vader? I thought, yeah, he's a great villain. He's a lot more interesting than the third sister. But, yeah, no, he's good. It's that whole thing. And this is my biggest problem with doing, um, what what were they called? Uh, prequels. Yeah. We know what's going to happen in the end. 
So they, they, they did some very dramatic things and they're like, okay, there's another amazing fight scene between Obi-Wan and Darth Vader in which either one of them could have died. But we know by watching the movies, neither of them can cause they're mm-hmm. alive in the movies, which take place later on. Another scene later on it was removes the stakes from the fight. It removes the stakes. And it, again, for me, it removes the immersion. 100%. I loved watching. I love lightsaber battles, big glowing sticks hitting each Fuck other. Yeah. If two people are doing that in central park with like plastic ones, I don't care. I'll watch it. Yeah. That's entertaining. I love it. But like when you take away any stakes of people actually getting hurt or actually dying or like on screen dying, not yeah. physically dying. It takes that immersion that I have of seeing this scene 100%. and it deletes it. It's 100%. the same thing. There was this, what they wanted to be a very dramatic scene where the third sister was chasing down Luke, Luke um, with the intent to kill him because he was Anakin Skywalker's son, AKA Darth Vader's son. Um, she's going to kill him. Like she's already set to kill him, but we know no matter what happens, he'll survive. Because we've we seen see the him many years later as an adult and we don't see this bitch. So he's going to show back up again. Yeah. And she'll probably even show back up again in later on in the show maybe. or a different show. Maybe doesn't matter. Also, but, how does she get stabbed in the chest by Darth Vader? Cause her whole bit is that she wants to like betray and kill Darth Vader. For but she's a lot weaker Anakin. than him. Yeah, and she like she like runs at him and like screams. And first of all, I'm like, that's not how you do a sneak attack. No. And then he's just like like a fucking badass. He like pretty much just defeats her without using his lightsaber. He pretty much just uses the force and just dodging her attacks to defeat her. Yeah, like a pimp he, that he is. He basically uses the equivalent attack he used from like the very first scene we ever see him in, where he like choke holds the guy in midair. Yeah, uh, the, the rebel soldier, and he yeah. just like chokes him out. He basically uses that, and then he pulls out and stabs her. Yeah. That's it. Like that's the equivalent of the fight. And he's badass. He's like, they make him OP and that's understandable. He is one of the most OP characters in the other, but she shouldn't survive that. Like no, no. one should survive that. Doesn't she should have died instantly, but she survives longer to the point that she just survives in general. Somehow she survives in general. And the same thing, uh, the, the first brother, the, 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 the grand, grand inquisitor, he survives after she stabs him in the chest. Yeah. How the fuck does he live? Nobody dies in this show. And I understand it's kind of meant for the teenage kid ish. Like, yeah, to get them into the star Wars universe. It's bullshit. But it's like for all the star Wars fans that are going to watch this, all the adults, it's like, no, they die. They physically die. They don't survive. The story does not matter to the grand star Wars universe. It doesn't. So even the grand inquisitor, his role doesn't matter for the grand star Wars universe. So kill them both off. Yeah. I think the only time he's ever showed up was the Clone Wars series. Actually, I think there from when I saw a meme on Facebook, so I believe he does also show up in the prequels, but he doesn't uh, look at all the same. So okay. they could easily just get a new Grand Inquisitor to take his place. Yeah. A more alien looking one than just some bald dude. Yeah. This just reminded me of Boba Fett. Yeah, um, I know. <laughs> a lot of people are upset about that. Cause like in the Clone Wars show, he's one of those races has like the elongated head. Yeah. I mean, this he's just a bald guy with like the same markings. And I think in the movies he was as well. Like in the movies, like the the prequels, he looked equivalent to Longer how he did head. in the yeah. animated show. Yep. But then they get to this and he's just like, Oh, we have this actor or equivalent actor, the the stunt double 
of Boba Fett. We'll just throw him in there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and it again takes you out of the merge and like again, but like he's the one character you could kill off. Like he's not a main character. Yeah. We don't care no, about him. Fuck. If he doesn't show back up, oh big deal. Uh, like who cares? He shows back up for no freaking reason. Why is he alive at the end of the show? Yeah. We're not going to see him again. So wh- who cares? What benefit does it have to bring him back just to be like. What, what benefit does it to keep her alive? Yeah. It would be more beneficial to have her arc end of her getting killed by someone, either Darth Vader or herself or Obi-Wan, not to live. We're not going to see her again. Yeah. And even if we do. Now that we've seen how they wrote her character, we're not going to care about that nah, character if we see her again. Shit. Yeah, don't give a shit. Just like you were saying about Mershon, because I knew she was never going to kill Luke Skywalker, because I never knew, no, because I always knew she was never going to kill Obi-Wan Kenobi. When she, her scenes were on, for the most part, I was on my phone, because I was like, I do not care, because I know how this is going to end. I do not care. Yeah, and that's, and like, I'll be, I tried like to stay in touch with it for Darth Vader. Cause it's like Darth Vader's cool. But like, even then it still took me out of it. So like both those two characters, even though they were, well, Darth Vader was a good character and she was a good actress put in a bad character's role. Yeah. Is like, I, I can't care about them. They, they serve no purpose in this show. Give me somebody you can actually kill. Give me the grand inquisitor. Kill him all day long. Fuck I don't yeah. care. Why doesn't he fight Obi-Wan at any point? Yeah. Make him useful. Do something awesome. Like yeah. he wanted to fight Obi-Wan. They've also two other inquisitors they don't use in the show. Yeah. The, the Asian guy. The Asian and, guy and the Twilight girl. Yeah. That doesn't do much. She literally has like two lines in the show. Two lines and then disappears. Yeah. yeah. She does nothing in the show. I don't even know where she ends up. I don't either. I mean, I'm assuming they're still maybe at the base. They're probably on a ship somewhere. That's it. The ship somewhere or at the Grand Inquisitor's base. That was a really cool location, Mm. but they don't use it. They're like, oh, we're going to sneak in here. We're going to destroy a few things and peace out. All right, Travis, we need to move on. So bad. It's a show. Good, great, and Kino. What are you giving it? What I give Obi-Wan. Was that that bad? I think I I give it bad. Obi-Wan? Yeah. Or not, sorry, not Obi-Wan. Uh, Boba Fett. Boba Fett. You give it bad, yeah. We both give it bad. As it deserved. As it deserved. (laughs) This is a show in comparison to that. Yeah. This is a show. Yeah, it's just a show. I'm actually going to say it's bad because, like, although it's definitely, definitely better than Boba Fett, at least Boba Fett was a little entertained just because how bad it was. This is just kind of boring, and like the dialogue is it's, so bad, it's hard for you to watch. It's boring, I but really I really struggle to watch this. I really loved Ewan McGregor and that one fight He's scene. He's so good. He's, He's so, so good. good. And the one fight scene with At him and Darth Vader end, kind of, kind of swayed toward me. Towards it's enough it. to push you to that next level. I hundred percent get it. I might as well push it in, but I want to say badges. I, like, I understand. Dialogue's so goddamn bad. And the writing is so stupid. It is. All right, let's wrap this show up. We're going to do our last segment or two. Uh, I want to go over quickly my game of the week that I've been playing. I've been playing a game called Hellblade, Sauna Sacrifice, which is a fucking super uh, words, dope game. It's basically a game where you play as a Viking warrior girl called Sauna who goes into the Norse mythology version of Hell to bring back her husband. I, I think that's what the storyline is. And basically, she has... Uh, I, think, I don't want to say the wrong thing, but I think it's schizophrenia. And they did a lot of research on it. The game tells you, we want you to wear headphones for this game. You have to wear it for this game to have immersion in the game. The game is all about immersion as you go into, like, essentially hell, but for North 
uh, Norse mythology. Yep. But she has like schizophrenia or something like that. Basically, when you put on the headphones, you have voices bounce around your ear constantly talking to you. It's super kind of freaky, but they do help you out. Also deter you at points. There'll be enemies that run up and try to stab you in your back while you're fighting someone in your front. And the voice in your head will go, get out! And you can duck out of the way and avoid the attack. And sometimes they'll go, oh, you should go down this route. Go down this route. Keep going. Keep going. And you'll go down this route and it'll just be like a dead end. So, like, it's this girl who's driven by the purpose of rescuing someone she cares about. I forget if it's her husband or her father. Um... But she's she's got a lot of issues going on. And also, every time you die in the game, there's, like, this black... Your hand starts, like, black charred after your first death. And every time you die, it keeps crawling up your arm. And if it ever gets to your head, the game ends, regardless if you finish the storyline or not. That's a cool concept. It is super cool. It, it's, it doesn't deter you from... Well, it deters you from dying, but it... It gives you a time, or not a time limit, a death limit. It gives you a death limit, exactly. And if you're perfect at the game, there's still, like, two or three points in the game where, like, you're mandatory, you have to die, so it will crawl up your arm. But as long as you're not, like, shit, you should be able to finish the game without it getting to your head. But you could, potentially, if you're garbage or not great at the game, you could die. And it's pretty intense because, like, when you go into this, you have to take out gods, Norse gods. Like, the first mission I went in to try to kill off Val Raven, who is, like, the Norse god of, like, illusions. So he's this dude who's, like, fucking teleporting around and using, like, you look over and you see him. And when you get a little bit closer, you pass by a tree, he's gone. It's super fucking cool. It's a game that is, for some people, it might be difficult because it's, like, half kind of difficult combat although if you master it's kind of easy and half puzzles so for people who don't like puzzles it might not be perfect but it's this incredible indie game that's all about immersion you're in this crazy world you like look around because it's not real it's you're in the a version of hell yeah the norse mythology version of hell it's not modern at all and you have just like a sword and yet you're also hearing all these voices bounce your head all the time talking to you. Super cool game. Hellblade, Sauna Sacrifice. The second game is actually coming out later this year. So definitely people should check that game out. It's free on Xbox Game Pass. So that is our game of the week. Let's wrap up this episode, Travis. Um, I did promise we would talk about the Marvel announcements. So that's why I said about you promising yeah, know, a lot know, of stuff. I know. Uh, so let's briefly, briefly talk about this. Uh, things that they announced: She Hulk Attorney at Law. They did one more trailer yeah. that they showed off Daredevil at the end, though. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Um, they are still doing Secret Invasion with Samuel L. Jackson. Same. Uh, they're doing the fucking skull thing. Yeah. yeah. Me and, and the Wasp Quantum Mania. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's fair. Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 3. Yeah. Uh, the guy who played in James Gunn's Peacemaker, who was like, he was, uh, I forget what his name, but he was like the leader of the task force before he was killed. He's going to be the villain in this. Ooh. Well, what was it about? Uh, the new movie, Guardians of the Galaxy 3. Oh, he's the villain. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, what do you think about Black Panther Wakanda Forever trailer? It's a TV show. Looks really nice. I yeah. don't know. Yeah. We'll see what happens. Um, Echo, it still happened. I feel like no one cares about this show except that they said that Vincent Dean Offro's Kingpin and Matt Burdock, 
Daredevil will be showing up in this. So I feel like that's the only reason why people Plus, care about the show. Yeah. I, no one asked for Echo to have her own show. She was okay in the Hawkeye show. Uh, Loki season two. Most of these Disney shows are just one and done shows, it appears. But Loki season two is This is like happening. fan reaction because Loki was yeah. good. And that I, it, it's is the one deserved. that got the major fan reaction. Come back. Uh, Blade. They're doing a Blade movie. Mahershala Ali is going to be Blade. Potentially good, cool. Good actor. The character's kind of been not yeah. so well portrayed. Yeah. But like, also like, at least with the Blade movies, they were rated R. That is true. But Disney's never going to make a rated R. In, um, I want to hear your opinion about in the Wakanda Forever they showed two new characters that'll be getting their own. Maybe not their own shows. Well, one of them will. One was Ironheart. There's a very quick clip in that where there's this girl. She's like banging on like some metal, just like Iron Man was. She's gonna be Ironheart. She's like the young girl who basically takes on the role of Iron Man, essentially. Uh, she's in that. And also Namor. Uh, basically Marvel's version of Aquaman. He's got like these little like elven ears and like he and his uh his like fucking Atlantis people come on to land to fight the Wakandans at one point. He's going to show up in that show. So that could be interesting. Uh, don't so much care about the Aquaman, but Ironheart's promising. I like that. Agatha Coven of Chaos is still a thing. I like Agatha. I don't think she deserves her own show. Fair enough. Said it. Daredevil born again. People have been campaigning for Daredevil to come back and it's coming back. People are excited. It's interesting though. Cause like, both Charlie Cox and Vincent D'Onofrio are going to come back as Matt Murdock and Wilson Fisk. Well, we've already seen the Marvel version of them, and I'll be the. It's come back as an eighteen-episode season. That's so weird for Disney, especially. Even Netflix went as most as thirteen episodes at max. I think. True. Is that weird? It is really weird, but at the same time, I've seen their version of Kingpin. I don't like their version of Kingpin. Yeah. Because he's like, that's true. It's just going to be that version. It's not going to be the that close version that we like. It's going to be that version. Yes. Same actor, but different, different. I swear if I see this She-Hulk show and I don't like their version of uh, Daredevil, they're going to, if they butcher it, I trust, I can't take them butchering Moon Knight, Daredevil. What was the other character I love that they butchered recently? Uh, Kingpin's one of them. Kingpin was one of them. I I can't take all freedom, Travis, of them all being disrespected. I just can't. I'll agree with you. Yeah. Captain America, New World Order is the next Captain America movie, but was uh, Sam Wilson, uh, he's Falcon. A, he's a good Captain America. Yeah. Um, if they bring in Winter Soldier again, really awesome. Thunderbolts, you're going to do a Thunderbolts movie. Not much info on that, but it's essentially the it's, Suicide Squad. I know, but it's not going to be rated R. I know it's not going to be rated R because Disney's stupid. They're still going to do Fantastic Four, even though their director dropped out. They're doing two Avengers movies in the same year, 2025. The first one is the Avengers the King Dynasty, as in King the Conqueror from Loki, and also King, who's going to be showing up in the Ant-Man movie, uh, who basically does a He's basically the multiverse dude. Yep. And then the second one is we Avengers Secret Wars, which in the comics are probably not going to do the same thing. Was basically every single hero and villain was put on the moon by this like god dude. If then they all fought each other. Yeah, it definitely won't be that. Yeah, it definitely will be. Uh, so overall, thoughts. It sounds okay. Yeah, I've, I've got 
like with the exception of you, I've got no real disappointments with it, but again, they could easily ruin some of our favorite characters and I'm not looking forward to that. Let's wrap up this uh, episode, Travis, by doing our uh, at the movies. Let's try to go from quickly. Uh, my picks are, uh, my first one is Better Call Saul. It's out. It's on its last season. It's really fucking good. Probably uh, Better Call Saul and Breaking Bad. In terms of writing, top-notch quality, probably the best there is. Can't complain. Great stuff. I've heard a lot of good things about it. I'd, Terrific stuff, yeah. I have some intention of looking into it. Because sure. as you said, it's a prequel to Breaking prequel. Bad. And I've, never, I've never Breaking seen Breaking Bad. Bad. You could just watch Breaking Bad Soul. It's fucking great. Um, my first recommendation is going to be The Old Man. The Old Man, which is on? Hulu. And that is the Jeff Bridges show. It is? And what's it about? Uh, basically, he's, I think, ex-CIA or ex-SEALs or something. He's a ex, like, really bad, badass dude. Yeah. And he's out of the military or CIA, whatever he was in. And they're hunting him. I think it's currently the FBI mixed with the CIA is hunting him down in the United States. And he's just trying to survive. And he's trying to not... Um, he's basically kind of running from a warlord. A warlord wants his head for something he, uh, a crime he committed. Okay. Um, and he's using this warlord is using the CIA and FBI to get to the old man. So he's running from him and he's running from the FBI and CIA and basically interesting wiping them, like wiping the floor. Cause like this guy, and they even, care about him. Even though he's old, he's old, but like this warlord cares about him and he's made deals with a bunch of people to, get his hands on this guy. Interesting. Yeah, but good show overall. It's a really good show. Good quality. Um, I compare it to like Longmore, Longmire, which I really oh, love. Oh yeah. Longmire is good. Which is kind of like that classic cowboy, like on the run from the law. But yeah. Like modern cowboy show. Modern cowboy, but like badass. Yeah. Even though like Longmore was the law because he was a cop. And even though Jeff Bridges is like, he's getting up in years, you think they do a good job of making oh, yeah. him seem badass? Yeah. Cause like it shows like he's an old man. He's got like back pains and he, knees are struggling but you'll still like kick a guy's face in yeah so he's still like really bad and wouldn't want to mess with the guy good stuff uh my second recommend my second final recommendation is reservation dogs which is also on hulu and it's a tv show and it's basically about this uh it's a it takes place on a reservation indian reservation it's this group of a small gang of uh high school children who have their own gang and they're trying to raise enough enough money to escape the reservation because they hate it there and go to california even though they have very unreal expectations because they feel like once they get there everything will be perfect and they probably don't know how fucking expensive it'll be but all they want to do is leave the reservation they want they want a fresh start they want somewhere where they can do something new, even if it Basically. doesn't end well. Exactly, yeah. They want to change your pace. And they all have like their own motivations and whatnot, but it's a very funny show while also being super traumatic, and it's a very good show where they focus on the main characters, but they also do a lot of episodes where it's like one of the main characters and one of the side characters, and they'll do that for a lot of the episodes. But uh, me and my uh, fiancé have been watching it recently, and it's the best show I've been watching in a while. So that is my second final recommendation. Uh, last recommendation for me is one we actually watched together, which was Nope. Yep. Nope. Uh, the Jordan T- uh, Peele newest, uh, horror movie this time themed around aliens. Themed around aliens. Kind of like, was it encounters of the third kind, kind and of, yeah. independence day mixed together in a bit. Yeah. But also with its own story arc. Yeah. Um, basically this small farm in, I think it's like, uh, central California mm. near Hollywood essentially. Cause they, they deal with Hollywood and 
training horses for them. Yeah, for like the movies and commercials and whatnot. Yeah. Basically, they start losing horses and weird weird happenings go on on this farm or on this ranch. Mm-hmm. Um, f- stuff falls out of the sky, like a random pair of keys and spare change and stuff just falls from the sky. And horses start disappearing like in the night. And they don't know what's going on exactly, but they have a rough idea. Sorry, I heard a phone going off. I wasn't sure if it was mine or yours. You scared me. You just like stopped dead. I thought like the aliens took control of you. Nope. Okay, that was my phone. Sorry, I forgot to silence it. All right, start over. Um, but basically, the, these horses and uh, weird happening horses disappearing and weird happenings go on the farm, and they have an idea that they think it's aliens, but they can't confirm it. So they want to set up surveillance cameras and a bunch of other stuff around their farm or ranch to try to uncover this mystery. And it goes in those whole spiel. They meet some like random people. One's like a film uh, director or a photographer. What are they called? The, the people who do film. Uh, well, he's like a film technician guy. Oh, no. There's a cinematographer. Cinematographer. Yes. So there's a cinematographer and then there's uh, like a tech guy, like uh, your average like Best Buy geek squad. Pretty much, yeah. Um, and both of them are trying to help the this, this brother and sister like capture footage of whatever's going on, what they believe to be alien, alien, uh, encounters, alien encounters. Yeah. And it, it goes on from there and it gets kind of gruesome, but it like, it never shows gore. Like, well, a little bit of gore. Yeah. And it has horror aspects to it, but it doesn't always stay like it's a horror film. Like part of it almost by the end of it almost becomes like a cowboy Western, like a modern cowboy yeah, a Western bit. film. Yeah. So it jumps genres a little bit. It does jump genre, but it like it has this flow to it, which I think is quite nice. Oh yeah, definitely. Yeah, I thought it was kind of interesting. Um, I kind of wish like they did like the first act was horror, and the second act was something else, and the third act was western. But it was kind of like the first two acts were horror, and the last act was western. So it was kind of like a big change of pace for me. But overall, I thought it was pretty good and definitely an interesting concept and. And also an original concept. It wasn't another like fucking Independence Day four or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, we got an original concept alien movie, and that's good. So yeah, I I also agree. Yeah, it was pretty good. It is an it's a recommendation to watch. Maybe not everyone will enjoy it, but it's definitely something you should yeah, check out. I agree completely. And I think that's this episode. Um, thanks for listening, everyone. Next episode is episode 100. Write us at the Beer and Pretzel Podcast on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram if you want to give your own ideas of what we should do for our final episode. Otherwise, Not we're just final gonna, episode. A, just 100th episode. 100th episode. Otherwise, we're just going to get drunk and, I don't know, talk about movies or something. I don't know. I don't have a plan. But, yeah, thanks, everyone, for listening. This episode went on a little bit, but we had a good uh, time talking about this stuff. Thanks for listening to my rambles. And Travis's rambles. We both rambled. That's what we do. It's a podcast. This is kind of the whole bit. Thank you for listening. (laughs) I have no way to wrap this up. Thank you, everyone, for listening. And we'll see you next time on Trash Talk Podcast. Have a good night.